0: Hey everyone, Frosty here. If you're enjoying the shows and you have the means, consider helping us out on Patreon. Being a member not only helps out the show, but depending on the subscription tier, you'll automatically be sent out mugs, sweaters, and much more. A little bit goes a long way and helps keep the show running. All you have to do is go to the Patreon site and look up Mog Talk, or just click on the link in the description. Thanks! Welcome everybody to Mog Talk. If you guys are unfamiliar with Mog Talk, it's a show based around the Final Fantasy XIV community discussing everything from Savage raiding to uh, Chuckabo Racing. And today, we're going to be focused on killing fights extremely fast in our Speed Kills in Final Fantasy XIV episode, episode 294. Jesus Christ, we're getting close to 300, aren't we? I probably should do something about that. But, that being said... Before going further, we have a handful of really cool guests on the show, and I want them to introduce themselves before uh, we dive into our topic. None of this shit is lined up. My UI is fucked. I need to go in here <laughs> and fix this while you guys are introducing yourself. Assidia, please take us uh, off on that and uh, introduce yourself.
1: Hello, hello. I'm Assidia. I've played since. Shadowbringers have been speed killing since about midway through Abyssos, but it's kind of a long-time goal of mine. Really happy to be here today.
2: All right, all right. Apollo? Hi, yeah, I'm Apollo. Uh, and I play for uh, Team Sleepo Cat. Uh, I started back in Promise, and then I've played every tier in Endwalker. Okay, okay.
1: Jackal?
3: Um, I'm Jackal. I'm Omni Melee for Sleepo Cat. I've been speed killing since 5.2. All
4: right. Momo?
5: Uh, my name's Momo. I play healer for Team Sleepo Cat, and I've been uh, speed killing since Heaven's Word.
0: Okay. Okay. Nari?
6: Uh, I'm Nari. I'm an Omni Tank for Kindred. Uh, I've been speed killing since I joined them, so DSR, although we've only done Savages.
7: Okay. Okay. Nishin? Hey, Nishin here. I lead uh, the Team RNG Factory. I am their melee DPS, one of them. Glad to be here.
0: Okay. And then Sora.
7: Hey, I'm Sora.
8: Uh, I'm the Physical Rage for Kindred. I've been playing since ARR, but really I've only been, been killing since Promise.
0: Awesome. Only since Promise. Do you guys know how long it's been since Promise came out? I don't want to think about it. 2020? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Yeah,
2: that was COVID era. Yeah, so 2020 is probably around right. It was the first raid after,
0: I think... Was it the first one after, like, a nine-month break we had?
4: Versus <laughs> long.
2: Verse was, was delayed, one. like yeah. Cause... Oh,
0: Versus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap, dude. But and now I feel... That's three years ago you've been speed-killing in this game. Oh, congratulations. Uh... This,
5: this whole expansion just kind of flew by us. Kind of crazy to think about.
0: Yeah, it it absolutely freaking flew by. Uh, and because we said the Shadowbringers, Shadowbringers felt like it took like forever. Uh, but that's because of COVID and everything else. I, well, anyways, anyways, to uh, not go too much into that tangent and get onto the actual topic of the show. Um, we are doing a topic based around mostly speed kills within Final Fantasy 14, which uh, a handful of people watching may not know. And we kind of want to introduce that to the public a little bit, as well as go kind of deeper into it for the people who are very familiar with it. And learn more about these amazing teams who are a part of that community. So uh, I'm going to be just throwing out questions. We have a decent amount of people on the show. <laughs> so I'm going to throw out questions and let you all battle who's going to answer them by speaking quicker than the others. And I'll only moderate if I feel like I really need to. But four. Diving too much more in what what are speed kills in Final Fantasy fourteen? What, what is even this like? People who don't know fast. that this exists. <laughs> what, what are you guys doing? Don't sandbag. Don't sandbag. <laughs> is <would>
5: that de- <laughs> is probably that depends on like who you ask, right? Because like, there's like two different definitions of speed killing. There's like speed killing within like the moderation of FF logs, and like there's like true speed killing, right? Mm.
6: Like,
5: it all boils down, down to,
6: to just trying that. to kill the raids as fast as you possibly can and what that actually means like in terms of when you start the timer and when you stop the timer and what strats and you're you are and are and aren't allowed to do is like details of yeah whether you're operating under FF logs or not.
1: I mean I don't uh, really I think like essentially it's just we're trying to do damage to the boss as fast as possible to yeah. end the encounter, right? So like we can talk about when it begins or ends. But I think the core of it's still the same. Yep, exactly.
6: If
2: we want to be ultra permissive, basically everyone in the game tries to speed kill their boss. They want the boss to die as quickly mm-hmm. as they can, and therefore we're always in a competition all the time. So uh,
0: a lot of people uh, will will say, "All right, once the fights are over and they beat it the first time, they don't really have inspiration going back in." But you guys all have this urge to go in there and just see how well you can optimize a kill, uh, and then kind of semi-compete with it, right, and see who could do it the fastest. Um, So for me, I guess a lot of uh, my personal experience, a lot of my enjoyment of the game comes from, like, prog clears and things like that. Um, But for you guys, there is actually replayability because a lot of people complain that there's no replayability within the Savage fights, but you're on the opposite spectrum, it seems like, on that. Is that right yeah, there's, yeah. there's
6: always things you can do better to kill the, the thing faster so if you when you repeat it over and over again you get better and better at doing the thing uh-huh. you get luckier sometimes and do more damage with like crits and stuff and mm-hmm. you just keep going until you reach your you set a goal and you try and reach that that speed goal basically okay yeah it
5: also taps into a different play style cuz like in prog in farm and like in reclears you're not really doing certain things to i guess kill the boss faster like you're not going to lb cheese right like you're not doing that in a normal environment that's Mm -hmm. like something you only tap into once you start like speed killing and like optimizing that kind of damage there's also other stuff like that can be brought up later
2: yeah it's definitely brought out from like we clear the fights and usually that takes like a week and then what do we do for the rest of the time if you kind of enjoy playing the game to some extent? Mm-hmm. Uh, you just kind of have to redo the fights. And...
7: It's also the uh, the jobs that you take to Spicos are fairly different And what you take to Prague. Uh, Summoner, Red Mage, anyone? Nah, we don't want those people.
0: Yeah, you, <laughs> you block them out of your groups, right? <laughs> <laughs> or,
5: yeah, or, we one teach, JP or we team, make them
6: play something else. Yeah,
5: One JP team that brought Summoner for carryover.
4: Oh, it is
6: worth noting though that uh, a lot of people that try and look for more things to do in savage will turn to parsing and while that is opti, it's different than speed mm-hmm. killing um one of the chief examples you can turn to is that par- parsing is trying to optimize your damage number right mm-hmm. but that is um sometimes you want in order to do that you want to do things that aren't conducive to killing the boss faster like people will sandbag people will intentionally slow the fight down to end on a better like burst window or something Mm -hmm. and we don't do that it's it's if that slows the fight down we want to kill as fast as possible we work within that uh that restriction
0: yeah uh when you're going for your personal dps number it is not very uh i don't know the the fight doesn't really die as fast as it could it's just however you can pump that individual's number up as high as possible Mm -hmm. to make them look as good as possible the things sorry go uh, ahead
5: i don't know i was gonna say i think one one distinct thing too is like jobs are like i think most people agree like jobs are like fairly easy right now in terms Mm -hmm. of execution and like an optimization environment (laughs) but when you're like lb cheesing, for example and like you're actually lb cheesing like thresholding properly Mm -hmm. uh doing that while playing your job at the same time is like you're playing at, like, 150% capacity instead of, like, 100%. Like, it adds, like, more difficulty to playing your job. Because, mm-hmm. like, you'll see a lot of people who will mess up their thresholds because, like, they just aren't paying attention to, like, outside factors. It kind of reminds me of, like, Heavens or TP management to an extent. Mm-hmm. And
0: reacting to crit RNG, right?
5: Yeah, actually. Like, clicking off mitts if you get, like, a like a crit heal or something. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. I think the other thing that I'd like to add in uh, is a lot of people will say that their jobs are easy, and like executionally, they are easy. Uh, but I don't really think that's true in speed killing. I think like almost every job, if you compare one player to another in logs, there's a lot of depth to it. And this is the only place in the game that's really rewarded. Even in in parsing, you don't see people as clearly indexed by their ability and their specialization. It's like you can say jobs are easy, but like if jobs are easy, why why are you still why is someone still doing like three and more potency than you in the course of the flight? And it's not a lot, but it's a, it's a satisfying way to play and to refine for me. And I think it does keep some of the concerns about optimizing jobs at bay for me. I find think, that you um, find all those
6: little details to optimize that no one would ever think of when you when you're trying to eke out every little bit of potency you can.
2: Yeah, Real quick, there's there's so Go much ahead. that people like gloss over, and mm-hmm. I mean, I think almost everyone here has had that experience where they like, they looked a the log at another that another group did, and it's like, oh, they just rotationally gapped me. Like they just thought about this a little better. And mm. did something a little bit better, and kind of, there's always something that you're usually missing that to eke out, and you have to kind of take a step back and mm-hmm. look at a spreadsheet and really kind of think about it for a long time to see if you're really doing what's best.
6: Sometimes you get really funny things too, like there, there's little details you can do here and there to like put some a little bit more potency and buffs, but it's still basically your air quotes normal rotation. And then just sometimes you get this off the wall, so like you have to do something crazy. Like, um, a chief example would be our Kindred's P5 uh, kills on Carbuncle. We had buffs delayed until like 20 seconds into the fight, uh, mm. which is not something you would ever do anywhere else, but it, it turned out to be really fast for us.
4: Okay.
0: Um, I guess uh, it is interesting to hear how much depth you guys are putting into it. It almost sounds like. Uh, there, there's a lot of little things that comes down to more of the player. A lot of people may look at speed kills and think it comes down to just really, literally the 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 RNG of how the numbers played out. But right. you guys are against that, MOMO in your opinion? It Onward. <laughs> it it can, but you, you like
6: the better you play as a player, like, the higher the floor of that RNG is.
1: So uh, what I w- and the ceiling. What I would add in there is that like, obviously, at the end of the day, there is RNG. Like you might not. The difference is between a plan that kills at like seven forty 740 and seven forty-two. It might not actually be that difference, except one of the groups ran more. But then you have to look at like it's a product of a whole system. So for me, speed isn't just killing the boss. I'm specifically interested in speeds as it exists in Final Fantasy and like a time-limited context. Because in a lot of games, speed killing goes on forever, but in this game, it doesn't. And that's like a really critical difference in a lot of in how a lot of things play out. Uh, and so, it's actually, you can attain an advantage by running more and like doing what it takes to run more. So, clearing earlier, progging faster in the fight. Uh, so, like crit, it matters, but we're playing around optimizing our odds. Uh, and at the end of the day, that's like an extremely interesting uh, activity for me.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a, I think one of the things is like crit is kind of factored in to get really technical, right? Is that we, Look at a fight, and then we try and figure out like what a actually unlikely run is. Like I'm gonna just spit out, it's like this run is like only has like a five percent chance, and we aim in our rotations around getting that like you know one in twenty clear. Mm -hmm. And so like of course it's gonna look like oh we really crit out of our mind, but like we are grinding and playing around, eventually arriving at that result. We do our scheduling prog, we do our spreadsheet prog, and then Mm -hmm. we do all of our prep. And I would also say that a lot of the, I think the the analogy I like to use is like um, the the World Series of Poker. Like poker has a lot of luck in it, right? Like you don't control the cards you get. But there are people who've won that multiple times over Mm -hmm. because they're playing well and they're planning well and they know what to do. It's not exactly analogous, but it's like there's a there's RNG, but you know, there's mm-hmm. still you you can't control that, so you have to control everything else that you can to hopefully get the best result you can. Do you guys yeah, have you poker faces difficulty. when you do your speed kills.
5: Like yeah, I mean, <laughs> honestly, at this point, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. All right, all right. So I you know the the really interesting thing to uh me in particular is that like this seems like a pretty active community overall. Uh how many teams are out there really like pushing for speed kills and how many like like in general, how large is that community?
1: I think so, that's a little do you
0: wanna
5: go? say uh, that's pretty controversial.
1: Yeah, it's, 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 it's controversial, controversial? Really? It, it is actually, yeah. And p- part of it is uh That, as we talked about earlier, like who counts as speed killing? Because there's a lot of people who, like, everyone does their reclears and their static, and then they kill the boss at bis a few times. They're like, "Wow, we got this time." Are those guys speed killing? I think, in the spirit, you can say yes, but like, they don't appear on the rankings. It isn't obvious at the end of the patch that they placed top ten or top twenty. So how do you how do you count that? But if you count like hardcore speed groups, like Mm -hmm. what Sleepo and RNG Factory and kindred historically have ran, we run like twenty to thirty hours a week after we get bis, just farming fights plus all the planning times like it's a huge time investment as far as groups that put in that much time this tier there were only like five six somewhere in that range Mm. but in in the past it's been a little more so probably somewhere in the five to ten range in terms of like hardcore groups but groups that play more casually for kill time it's probably closer to the 10 to 20 range i would say okay
5: yeah it's a pretty interesting topic because like realistically it kind of goes back to like the what Apollo was saying about, like, probability, like, you can have a 5% chance to hit X goal.
4: Mm-hmm. And
5: obviously running more is, like, going to help you hit that, like, way easier. So if you have, like, a team running three times the amount of, like, time that the, the another group is, then, you know, it's kind of like, you're kind of, like, in a very, I guess, bad position. That being said, though, I mean, like, kind of, like, the goal, I think, too, of, like, this mock talk and to an extent is like to get people into speed killing right mm. and like i want to be clear that you can you can make results with like a nine hour speed kill week like is it a, a lot harder and are you at like a disadvantage sure but like if you plan properly and you play properly like you can still compete versus a team running like 30 hours just by outplaying them
1: oh wow and it's also a question of, like, what do you want to go for? Because there's yeah. five fights in a Savage tier, and you don't have to do all of them. So, I do Sleeper on RNG, we're both very interested in competing for five-fight ASP, or at least we were this tier. Uh, but, like, in the future, maybe we don't want to do one of the fights, and it's lazy, or we, or we feel lazy and don't want to do one of the fights, or we just don't think it looks fun, or uh, we don't have as many hours to run. You can do just one fight, ten hours a week, and still get a good result.
5: Yeah, awesome. like, it, it, sorry, go ahead. No,
6: you're, you're good.
5: Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, like, picking the... Like, if you know you have limited time, then, like, in a five fight tier like this one, you would cut out the one that takes the longest, right? And immediately, the first one's carryover. Like, you get rid of carryover, because that counts as, like, basically two fights worth of time investment because of how long it takes to get back to carryover, uh, because you have to do the door boss every single time, right? So, like, you kind of have to, like, pick and choose which fights you want to do, and... I mean, personally, I would just pick the easier ones because okay. like they're just less of a time investment. You
0: said carryover. It took me a second to realize you're talking about like the phase two. Oh, sorry. Like yet.
5: when you yeah over resources from door okay. boss to the second phase. Got it. Yeah, kill Got the it. boss.
0: Okay. Oh yeah, that's right. Because it is the faster kills on uh, P12 P2 would be if you ran without killing yourself at the very beginning, right? Yeah, were... yeah, yeah. Yeah.
5: Okay. Oh, that's the PM at P12. I mean, they both, I guess, count. But
0: oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, okay. Uh, that is actually pretty interesting. Is it like a fairly global community too? Like you're competing with, uh,
2: you know, NA, EU, JP. Hmm. I'd say yeah. Um, JP definitely has a scene, and mm-hmm. um, EU also does have, or at least. I'm not ultra aware of the EU scene, but I mean, I like back when I started, you know, it was explosion magic. They were an EU based team and like they took rank one overall, and it was like, dang, they're really cool. And so there are a bunch of logs that we studied back then, and you know, that's EU. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd say that every region, I, I think there's the players exist in every region for it, uh, whether or not they're willing to. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I personally understand, you know, any, any player just, I, I don't think I'm really willing to play that hardcore. I kind of get it.
0: Hey man, it's no different than trying to get like rank up in like PvP right now, if you don't invest a lot of time
7: into it. <laughs> Generally, uh. I would say JP has the strongest regions, mm. uh, Yes, JP is the strongest region, and what I have observe is that a lot of their players tend to stick around with the game, whereas in NA and EU, I've seen a lot of players in Shadowbringers that just don't, Play the game anymore today?
4: Mm. And,
7: yeah. I, and I can. I, I think I can. I can speak for us when I say we really like competing against JP. They're they're generally extremely good. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay.
2: JP's so... terrifying. They always come out with something scary. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think. Um, this tier there are a one fight team, but eccentric slash Naraka, or they were just eccentric back in Abyssos but i think their carbuncle their p5s is probably the most terrifying and like heart-dropping log i've ever seen where they just they just did so much damage <laughs> it was insane um
5: they had like a zero was it 0.01 or 1% chance? it was
2: a low percentage but also they just like theory gapped really hard yeah, and, yeah it's and it, at, that's like when like You know, we had been doing it for multiple tiers, and then I think all of us collectively in a saw that log, and we were like, we still have so much to learn. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, I figured, you know, to be honest with you, I mean, this is kind of the same with the world race, it feels like, Uh, is that everyone has, like, this fear that there's a team that's just kind of back there that just kind of shows up from JP and destroys everybody. Uh, So I can kind of relate there.
5: Um, that being said, this tier was mm-hmm. like the tier where, well, aside like the exception, the tier is, like, I think JP and NA were like the closest.
4: Yeah, 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 yeah.
5: I guess even with exception exceptions tech, they weren't like super far ahead.
0: Mm-hmm. So, uh, how how long has the speed kill scene really been alive? Uh, I guess Momo, <laughs> are you the ancient? Here. oh god yeah i guess <laughs> okay i okay. mean
5: it's been around since i don't know i mean the, like speed killing now is like crazy more efficient than it used to be back then like, back mm-hmm. then it was like literally just like press your, press your buttons right there was like hardly any spreadsheeting involved mm-hmm. at least to the extent that we have now like there was spreadsheeting you would map out your rotation but like it wasn't like as serious i guess but like like now we have like simulations and things going on it's like mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's probability Got thresholding it. it's like even lb choosing that was like way more like if you you could probably get like if you do like what exception did this tier and like stormblood like i wouldn't be surprised if you see like seven or eight lb3s in some of those fights. seven
0: like or
8: eight lb3s
5: like in stormblood like oh if yeah, you get yeah what yeah. exception did yeah like it's 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 crazy like how like much more efficient people are now I love
8: um, uh I love looking back at um 09S speed kills back on Chaos where people were LB3ing the boss like 6 times. Yeah. Killing that boss. Like now just imagine that but like more with like what people yeah. do with like actor ticks and things. It's like Yeah, we are we are way more like even um as a raid community in general and as a speed kill community uh within that, we are ridiculously more matured and ridiculously more efficient as a community uh when mm-hmm. we're approaching these fights and killing them.
0: Nice. Yeah, it, I, <laughs> we definitely didn't have the same shit back in Realm Reborn and Heavensward as we have today, uh. To, and just like, I don't know. I think maybe someone might upload a YouTube video or something, and they're like, "Hey, look, w- look how fast we we're able to kill this fight." And that's all it really was back in the day, like really far back, right? But FFX didn't like exist until when? Gordius. Gordius. right at the end.
5: Technically, I think it existed in Final Coil, but I don't think it was, like, really popular or was, like, still, like, in the making, but, like, it started getting, like, more traction in Gordius.
0: Okay. Yeah.
5: Uh But, and then speed killing, too, in Gordius, I don't, it's, like, really hard. I think, I mean, at the time, people considered speed killing, but, like, it's not, it wasn't, like, a speed killing like we do today. Like, it was just killing the boss fast. I don't think people started, like, really speed killing until, like, Midas, where, like, Anger did, like, um, a Savage, and <laughs> then... Creator was like creator was like the boom of speed killing I would say, like, that's when it like, got really popular because that's when the game got like a lo- little bit easier with yeah. the uh, encounter design.
4: Yeah.
5: And the resetting of cooldowns, like the resetting of cooldowns really blocked off speed killing I think back in the day, <laughs> but, like when that was like changed. Good old ground, man. Accessible. Yeah. Pots as well. Yeah.
7: Aye. I... Alright. Yeah. The interesting thing I've heard is that because speed killing has become so technical now, uh, I've seen people mention it as a barrier of entry. We don't have these spreadsheet tools or these sim tools, and it's like, why would they even try? Uh, mm-hmm. Since we we start off so far behind. Whereas uh, in Stormblood, for example, it, uh, I've heard it's just eight players getting together and just wanting to hit buttons. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it, it seemed much more accessible then.
5: hundred percent. I would, I agree that like like I mean I I don't know how long it took you guys to get your like your sim up and running, but like it took us like months and multiple tiers. Right? So it's like... That's a lot of work.
3: I mean, it took me three months to make mine, but I mean, I don't think you actually need a sim um, to compete. I mean, it just helps with, like, figuring out what your kill time's gonna be and varying certain things, like comps, or, like, if you want to test different things, like, who's gonna have the dance partner, for example. But I think, like, you don't need a simulation. I think at the bare minimum, you do need spreadsheets, though, and I don't think there are many public spreadsheets. But I do think spreadsheets are absolutely like necessary for uh,
6: speeding. The, the essence of it is that to do speeds, like the only thing you need is eight players willing to put in effort to try and kill the boss fast. That's all you need, uh, and all of the like Sims and spreadsheeting and stuff is just tools to do that faster. And like, if you want to get into it, like, and if, even if you want to compete, like, like uh, in in last year in Abyssos, like. We didn't, as Kindred, have very much in the way of like Sims or or stuff. It was almost entirely people like syncing up buffs and like planning out their rotations, and then we just went at it and we just like f- saw what where it was working
0: with it and made small adjustments here and there. That's all mm-hmm. you really need to do. Before we, um, the tools help a lot. But before we, we should probably explain a couple of those terms real quick because people might have different oh. uh, understanding yeah, <laughs> of yeah, what you mean yeah. by Sim. So can, you, I can
2: uh, yeah, I can quickly go over. Sure. Uh, so, Sim isn't like it's definitely not like the XIV Sim that you use to practice mechanics. Mm-hmm. All it does is it um, takes spreadsheets or any kind of way to just tell the Sim like what rotation you plan on doing, um, and runs those repeatedly or tries to convert that into like probabilities of getting a kill. Um, there's there's like tons of ways to do it. Sleepo um, Cats, for example, literally just runs the rotation a ton of times, and you know crits are random, so we just randomly simulate the crits, and we just check every single kill and see how fast it was in the sim, and we use that to figure out you know the probabilities from that. Um, but okay. you know you can do probabilistic models, like if you know if you're if you're a stats wizard, I'm certain you can do that um and that's sims and it just like i think the really important thing to kind of reiterate is that helps when you're like actually fine-tuning like a kill time or Mm -hmm. figuring out how likely the skull that you've set for yourself actually is if you need to calibrate that but the input to it is spreadsheets and planning and it's kind of like it's like the 80-20 principle of 80% of the work is really in that spreadsheet planning. And maybe you get twenty percent of extra value out of the the sim kind of helping you really calibrate a fine-tuned kill time, like knowing whether your rotation actually gets a huge ability off right before your planned kill time, or whether you might actually be undershooting and you might lose like a show. At your planned kill time or at your actual reasonable kill time, and you need to rechange your rotation so you don't lose that. Um Mm -hmm. but that's actually like a very minor level of detail. And I know plenty of teams have had really good results just by really strong fundamentals, strong strong spreadsheeting, and like actually understanding their job and their rotations and uh doing the
1: best they can there.
2: Okay. Yeah, Yeah, I think.
1: You really can't overstate like how the biggest barrier to entry or not is just effort is like showing up like we talked before about how probably every region has players who are approximately good enough to be on really high end speed co rosters, but people don't want to do it they don't want to put in the 2030 hours a week and that's actually I think a much bigger differentiator even than player skill is like, can you show up to raid. Four hours a night, five times a week, and mm. keep trying your best to the very end of the tier. Like it's it's absolutely a slog. Yeah, and
5: actually be there, <laughs> not yes, just like and show it. Like be actually there. be there. Like use your oh. use your brain. Yeah. Be and be
6: prepared. The... Like plan ahead of time. All that good stuff. Yeah.
2: yeah. No. It's and you. Time. It's... Yeah.
5: It's...
2: <laughs> I think the thing that people also forget, and we even have to remind people, like on speed teams, is like, hey, where's your sheet? You should probably spend almost like. You you if you if you spend the same amount of time working on sheets as you do in instance, yeah, you're gonna have some really good sheets and you're gonna do really well. But also, you think about it as like that's 20 hours instance and then 20 hours reviewing sheets and planning. Yeah, that's a full time job. Like, yeah. and no. I think if you actually apply that level of effort, I mean, there's no way you can really go wrong with that. Um, mm-hmm to be honest i mean other than the fact that you just spent 40 hours in a video game yeah 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 if ignore that issue but you know like...
5: you don't need to do that you can just spend like, like like it like it takes like maybe once you get like more adept at it, it takes like an hour maybe a little bit more depending on like what job you play to do like a rotation per fight and then like if you just run nine hours a week i mean that seems that's like pretty doable without like too much like a stress on you
3: Unless you're the Omni Melee, and I have to do four different melee sheets per fight.
5: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you're a casual speedrunner, I would say like you, you, you more or less is running like a couple jobs, but you're not gonna like. Mom- um, like
2: that's my leash. Here is your heal plan, my leash Momo. <laughs> it's, a,
5: it's a, it's a characteristic
6: of the like the teams that are really shooting for top of the leaderboard that you be ready to take in several different jobs depending on what like the fight ends up. Uh, what what ends up working best for the fight, but, like, a casual group or someone just getting into it, you can just pick, like, the good jobs and stick with it and go for it, and you'll do fine.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's so effort-indexed. You could, like, easily see, maybe not this tier, but in tiers past, you can imagine someone making, like, a vaguely correct or correct-adjacent decision, like, get the comp a little bit wrong, but fully put in the effort and play Mm -hmm. really well. And still come out on top. Yeah. Like, even uh... It is so effort-indexed. You could see a team who has, like, zero knowledge of LB gen and can only run, like, two of monk ninja samurai still, like, getting top five overall. That's actually, like, how effort- and skill-indexed it is before specifically making the correct decision and having tooling.
5: Yeah, well, the thing, too, is, like, I mean, at least for melees, like, the majority of the time, the difference between melee comps is, like, 1% or 2%. Like, it's not really
2: really big at all. Very good right now. I think... The only melee that is, like, very conditional is Reaper. Because Reaper is just, like, you, you look at it only seriously in Carryover. But even actually, I think we found somewhere it's like, oh, it's just a little bit of a bad kill time for it, but it could have been fine. Um, it's just, like, yeah. In terms of actual job balance, like, Endwalker for speeds is definitely so much more better job balance than Shadowbringers, especially when it comes to melee. Now I'm sorry for the red mage in chat, but like <laughs> or, or the machinist <laughs> in chat, but mm. uh, yeah. It's um it's it's so like melee comps just particularly. I mean, all you really need is like mm. to make sure you have as a black mage player. So, I
6: actually a machinist. You're a it. you're a you're a dancer now.
1: I have sort of a question, actually, for the more tenure members here. Uh, I'm somewhat of an Endwalker player. Uh, I played like the very tail on *A Promise. And my understanding of Shadowbringers melee balance is basically that it was really poor, and you'd take Samurai Ninja 90% of the time, and then if you're yeah. running Dragoon, that's actually good sometimes too. But uh, yeah. I guess one thing I would ask is, how much of that is perceived balance? Because I think even today in Endwalker, you see a lot of decisions, even in speeds, driven by perceived balance rather than actual balance, or with what teams are comfortable with. Like, if you yeah, ask me, I... if you look back at 6.0 logs you would think the team should be running a lot more Double Dark Knight, for instance, because, like, Gunbreaker's damage was really poor, the buff timings on a lot of the fights supports it, and uh, I guess, like, if you did Shadowbringers today, do you think the balance is as bad as we think? Or- I, no. I mean, it's, it's a much
3: different room. game. I mean, it was... He uh, had, like, 90 seconds, he had, like, 80-second buffs. I mean, it, they weren't aligned like they are today. Mm-hmm. And that made... And you you saw shit like uh, Monk with its Brotherhood and Red Mage having that... I forget what it was, but it was, like, emboldened. It was the
2: physical only. Yeah, the yeah. physical
3: thing. Like, that uh, really restricted it.
2: So I've actually thought really long and hard about it. Um, so Walker has the two-minute meta. But in practice, back in Shadowbringers, the really, the strongest jobs were actually on the one and two-minute alignment anyways. Uh, which is why I say that balance is way better, is because a lot of... It's, it's less of the actual job and more of how they aligned, in a way. Um, the other thing is that, so there's other factors. Dancer was really strong compared to all the other ranged physicals. Like, Bard was a job that didn't even align with itself half the time. Like, it was struggling. And the Machinist was Machinist. So Dancer was very strong. And then Samurai back then didn't have, like, the kind of, Samurai got the whole crit change. in in endwalker and that kind of um that wasn't a thing and it could high roll really well and it synergized so well with dancer ninja was just great and i guess it's just like i think it was probably wasn't perceived as a thing i don't think that they made bad decisions back then um i think they were actually pretty spot on with how they picked their comps um and I think just a lot of jobs were kind of thrown out, mainly because um, the really strong jobs kind of shoehorned comps. Like, you really wanted stuff that played well with uh, Dancer and, and Astro. Astro was very important, too. Um, you wanted stuff to kind of fit and work with what was known as the best stuff. Do you think
6: Double Darknet is a good one to bring up, though? Because they probably should have done that more often back then
2: uh not in shadow i think um i think no i remember gunbreaker was even in the best cases of dark knight gunbreaker would match it back in shadow bringers just how good it was my memory might be bad i just know in 6.0 dark knight was busted like dark knight was busted and um it had it should have probably been done more, I think. I think like a lot of the better times did run double dark knight when it was justifiable. Um, that's just like from my memory of, of six point like six But yeah, it, double dark knight was very strong. It it did get toned down, and then that started to uh, bring out a lot more of the LB uh, based meta that we have mm-hmm. today. Mm.
5: okay the core of LB, or the core of speed killing which we probably should <laughs> talk about at some point
8: we could we've been talking a lot
0: about it <laughs> about the at least the uh jobs right yeah.
5: uh well i mean like the lb specifically i think yeah. it's like very important to talk about and like actually go into detail well Cause, like i think that's like the biggest thing that holds people back mm-hmm. from, like speed killing like compared to like the top teams like because like it's a huge experience gap and the i guess the resources don't really do a very good job of telling you how to cheese.
0: Like wait wait so like... <laughs> you don't mean like the official resources i'm assuming
5: <laughs> no i mean like yeah. there's like a guide for it but like it doesn't really go yeah. too in-depth and like even
6: it... the opti resources don't like i i had to have my group when i joined it like show me how the stuff works like i knew nothing despite um, like looking into Opti, like as I had been playing the game and stuff, and like I I wasn't lax on that, like I'd gotten really good at the game before joining the group, but I knew nothing about some of the details of like how LB Cheese works.
2: Yeah, I posted a link in the chat just for everyone to like read it, and you scroll down and it'll tell you the actual ways to generate LB. Um, first of all, if you look at Stormblood, it did get changed significantly. Um, and uh, Actually, I don't know if this article even does it. I might have just gaslit everyone and, and sent them an article that doesn't tell them. Is, if I, uh, see if I, I might have it. to find the, the actual, wrong one. Yeah. It's the wrong one. I'm pretty uh, sure the
5: Google Doc, it's like a Google Doc. It's a Google Doc, a Google
2: doc yeah. Yeah. yeah see, so... that's how hard it is to find is that I found <laughs> yeah. the, the first link I looked at actually doesn't have the details The best way
6: to learn it is just to find someone that already knows and will tell you. <laughs>
4: Yeah,
1: the, um... the short version for the people watching is that there's a passive LB generation that everyone is pretty aware of, which is that you get a tick every couple of seconds, and then after a couple of minutes into a fight, you get the LB bar. But uh, you can do it actively. You can, uh, if you heal someone from when they're really low on HP uh, and you save them, the game is like, wow, that's cool, and it gives you limit break because you performed an act of heroism or something. And then if you save someone by mitigating them with a target <laughs> emit right before they die, that also gives you LB. As an act of heroism. All right. So you can game this. You can manipulate it and get more LB than intended.
0: <laughs> just so you guys know, if you didn't tell, when Apollo initially tried to post the link, <laughs> the, the, I a wanted pot. to get banned.
2: <laughs> oh, okay, I just wanted to make <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> I actually let me do a shout out for someone who actually post. Uh, they made a cute little video. Kind of feels like a June Bob video, but it's actually about how. Damage mit, like when you survive damage and how that works. and there's it also goes through a very important distinction. <laughs> um when you like reprisal and addle a boss, it reduces yeah. the damage they do. And that is very different with lb than uh, mitigating the damage you're taking via like heart of light or something, where uh, for the pr- purposes of the limit break, you have to be receiving a lethal hit. And then survive it with a mit- mitigation that's on your character. Mm. So if you reprisal the boss and it then does damage that is less than your current HP, you actually don't get NHs. Which is why mm. you'll see like um you'll see some logs, and it's like, why has the why has the tank not used reprisal the entire fight? Mm. And it's like that. That's the reason. That's actually the reason why. Um It kind of goes
5: into my point, though, right? It's like you have this information that you're talking about and you have the information in this document. Like, how does the average player take this information and utilize it to where it's, like, beneficial to them, right? Because, like, they see all this information on this document and they hear what you're saying. Like, what does that mean to them? How do you explain that to them?
6: Yeah, I have actually had, like, a good, like, player come and ask me why in a speed kill i had never used reprisal when they like thought i was a bad tank and it was intentional because of lb stuff and they just didn't know
0: Mm -hmm. if you guys do me a favor any links that you guys are throwing in chat too, at least people on the show feel free to also like you did momo just throw those links into the little chat we got and that way i can throw it on the youtube video as well
4: (laughs) but
6: the 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 end goal of all of it, uh, the, the point is the fact that we can use raid-wides, and sometimes things we're not supposed to take damage from, like everyone standing in a tank buster, for example, and use this mitigation and healing and uh, like healing people up from very low to get much more limit break than we're supposed to, and do things like in Endwalker, you would limit break three twice, or limit break three and limit break two, when a, a normal PF would only ever be able to limit break once, maybe.
5: Yeah. Like to, during a faster
6: kill time, like we're killing faster and also getting enough LB to then do it way, way more often than they would expect.
5: Yeah, like to be clear too, it's like each LB is worth like ten thousand points, uh, and those points are a whole LB three is worth thirty thousand. Each one's worth ten thousand, and then those points you can gain from just passive ticks, which are. I think it's like 220 for all eight players live every three seconds or something um but also you get 300 points of mitigation for surviving lethal damage uh and if six players minus like minus the tanks like the six players in the group take lethal damage then you're gaining 1800 points just right there right so that's uh like 130th of an lb bar and then depending on like how you threshold as well uh let's say you like you drop to like sub 10 hp because like you also get get uh, uh section mark. Ugh. It's it's uh, really complicated. Yeah, yeah I like, usually just
2: tell okay. people one percent of an lb three every time you do a, spe- a you cheese something. And
5: but the thing yeah. is, like, you single target, like the if you do an AOE heal, it's also worth three hundred points on the party per person, right? So, but then you also have to like get into single target takes worth six hundred points. So like, and then it gets confusing, and then I don't know how to explain it anymore.
1: So the <laughs> the spirit here is that if you carefully manipulate the party's HP. Based on the damage you take and the healing you provide, you can get more limit break, and that is usually a greater gain than any particular job you would take. So, like yeah. having a whole extra LB three, that's like five hundred and fifty thousand damage this tier, and that's probably more than the difference between any two melees, for instance. So, if you could, for if you could somehow magically take a melee that gave yeah. you an extra LB three, you probably take them every single time. I mean, so that's, that's like a lot
2: of like uh, I think uh, one of the groups this tier samurai mc i don't know why they ran warrior for every fight but they were consistently getting one more lb3 compared to like comparable groups who had like similar strategies they took warrior to get that extra lb and like at that point it's like okay maybe it's better than a gunbreaker not lb3 and lb1 sorry like lb1 bar like that's gonna be like A decent amount of DPS, and it may be enough to beat a certain job balance, like in different, like difference.
6: That was particularly good this tier because Warrior was so close to the other like options available. Like it was still probably worse, but it was like close enough to Gunbreaker I that mean, if you if you can get that extra LB bar, it's by yeah that it, it was a good strategy. I,
1: I think you have to look just as heavily towards the strength of something like Shake and the yeah, unique exactly. utility provided by Warriors other buttons too like it's exactly. not it was still like three, four hundred DPS behind a lot of the time. It just happened that you could also get a bar LB. But when yeah. you okay so when you look at all this, this is really difficult. This is the most precise mitt planning you'll ever do. It's very difficult to execute. It takes a lot of practice. So this is sort of the core of speed killing as it actually exists, which is under your scheduling constraints, what's the best combination of jobs and rotations and effort and LB planning that will get you to the uh, the best result? Because like if it takes you a whole extra four days to practice this LB for one extra bar, you probably would have got a better result if you spent four more days farming the fight, right? So uh-huh. the decisions we're making is not just... <laughs> <laughs> is not just rotational decisions. It's planning of what do we want to take, how much LB do we want to go for, how does this fit into our schedule, and which fights is it best to spend time on? That's what you're the decisions you're actually making as a high end team
0: Jesus David. Christ, guys! Like I, we we, I... Lost, <laughs> huh? we we lost
5: like two days worth of product, or like farm, <laughs> I guess on P11 because we tried doing double or triple LB three Scholar Sage, and we just said no, nah, this is like not realistic with our given time. And we just like lost that time.
0: Like I I consider myself a, a very casual not give a shit kind of player, but man, do I feel so <laughs> much smaller now than I did before. <laughs> In my knowledge of the game and how to Kill fights faster and how to optimize more. Oh, like, we, Jesus we should Christ. tell them about this.
2: That pick optimization. Now, we were actually Ooh. literally doing this last night because I was sick of us not getting the cheese that we wanted. And this is something that kind of became way more well known this like after this tier. We said um,
5: information public. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. It's, I mean, we streamed it, so it's oh, basically okay. public now, but um what you can do to make your heal plans even more consistent is that every player has like a three second actor tick and like you actually regenerate hp dots apply to you in most cases on this tick and also damage from like dots apply to you on this tick you can manipulate this tick before the fight starts all you have to do is figure out when your tick is by just stripping off all your gear and then putting your gear back on you'll see your tick and you can actually time it like in your head and just wall. And when you wall and die, your tick pauses. So everyone walls at the same time relative to their own actor tick, like one second after. When you all respawn, your ticks are all perfectly aligned and you can actually pull off stuff like healing between every hit of a dot to get critical healing because you're all going to be aligned at the exact same time this stuff is where it's like actually you nobody's ever really taught you how to do this in the game christ well of course not this is like this is like (laughs)
5: brand new this is the this is the tech that like exception did to feel like the crazy lb because like otherwise they just want to be consistent
0: man like you guys are digging in and uncovering the bare bones of how this game works and how it functions i mean we didn't
6: actually have to well like like so that's stuff that that is what you just said frosty that's the essence of speedrunning any game like right. that like it doesn't that's not not, not just this game like speedrunners in any game that's the, that's what they do to get better to get faster you dig into the finest possible details of how a game works to eke out every advantage you can get
4: mm-hmm. yeah
0: uh, no I, I mean i know i know that for sure but like it's just hearing it just feels yeah. like <laughs> Any any standard player who is just wanting to learn more about it will probably listen to a lot of this. it be like, I'm out.
2: <laughs> yeah, if I was a casual
5: player and I heard somebody talking about actor ticks like that, I'd probably vomit. <laughs> I mean, I
2: think this stuff is actually really interesting because um, do you remember the 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 no healer top clear? Yeah. Um, I think actually one of the things that cued us into how to actually do this is there was a video of them actually like. Getting themselves walled and then resing and doing stuff, and like, why are they doing this to set this up all pre-pull? Um, and it, we turned out that they are actually just like actor tip uh, actor tick manipulating. And that's that really is important because if you're trying to do like a zero healer top clear, if you need a hot tick at a particular time, like
4: you know mm-hmm. you know it's really funny. Everything.
5: people don't even realize how insane that clear was because they don't know about the actor tick thing. Like, knowing the actor tick thing, like, just makes it that much more impressive, like, how th- they, like, executed it.
0: I think people don't even understand what we might even mean by actor tick, unless if they are familiar with game development. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, uh,
5: like,
0: I, uh, right? Yes. yeah, I
5: would so, probably explain what that is.
1: Yeah, Yeah, the actor tick is, on the server side, it combines all the heal over times and the damage over times on you, and then deals them all to you at once every three seconds. This is also, for instance, the tick where mobs will update and aggro on you. Uh, so Uh, one of these regens oh yeah and your mana tick like you hear black mages aligning their mana to pull it's essentially that but the full party is doing it with their hp to provide consistency uh Mm.
7: yeah so just imagine the scenario where you have a dot on you and you are die and you're like dang if only my hp tick came in on time you can manipulate that
5: Yeah. yeah which lets you cheese therefore cheese any like like i guess the big thing uh when it came to lb cheesing was like a lot of like groups would just like but we don't want to cheese this because like it's a bleed aoe well now that's no longer an issue because it, it, it's almost similar if you guys played in the Stormblood, it's almost similar to how crit autos were a thing right like you would pretty much like never you'd always like err on the side of caution with like the tank hp but like when they changed it in shadowbringers to like never crit like you could calculate how much damage a tank would take without them dying it's like almost the exact same thing doing the actor tick alignment with, like, bleed AOEs or, like, any damage coming out. Like, there's no more, like, oh, am I going to get a heal tick in time? Oh, am I going to get a dot tick before something kills me?
2: Mm-hmm. No.
5: Like, that's not a... It's, it's, yeah. it's static.
2: I think um, it, it definitely was, like... Uh, there's actually... Uh, I think there was a tweet recently of a Chinese group who used this in 10... I, I don't know, like, the full details, but it seemed like they were practicing LB stuff. And, like, the opening raid-wide, like, they were using Seraph. Between every two hot ticks to get a critical healing like thing on everyone, because they had mapped out exactly how much mit they needed, they could make sure that two ticks wouldn't kill them. Like it would, it would basically they made all the numbers line up. But they were also confident that everyone would HP tick up at the same time, so that no one would miss the critical healing or no one would get early ticked and die. Um, and that's like the level of precision. Like I remember us in P7s. We tried cheesing that first raid wide, and then someone would just get early ticked and blow up, and we yeah. would just, we just, uh, it's so bad.
7: It definitely does change the game. Like, it's uh, huge. Frosty, you brought up uh, how the, the normal player would just nope out at this yeah. point. <laughs> so I actually want to <laughs> yeah. pivot the discussion to that. Uh, sure. How would you guys um, kind of uh, suggest to these kind of players how they should uh, approach speeds?
4: honestly if you
7: want to do
6: it just do it like find a group and get started like it's it's not any more complicated than that all of these details and stuff you can learn that on the way
0: yeah would you guys recommend like so we talked a little bit about the difference between Mm -hmm. like the just the bar scene or whatever and the getting into a group that is actually doing speed kills the first step seems like Getting into the bar scene is the best way to handle that because you've learned that, the basics of optimization through that, right? Even yeah, if it's Yeah, It
6: helps you learn you. your
8: job. Yeah.
6: But it's it, the I hesitate. Like yes, that would help you get better at your your job or like if you wanted to learn a new one to be able to play it in speeds, that's that's good for that. But the mm. the
2: things you emphasize in a parse run are so different that sometimes it's unhelpful. Mm. There's so, what I would say about it is there's more in common than there is, like... Yes, that that's different. true. And I think a lot of the players, even... I'm I'm not going to speak mm. for everyone, but, like, a lot of us did parsing as a gateway drug. And then we <laughs> uh, eventually decided to, like, take it for... Because I think the thing is, like, once you feel comfortable parsing and, like, okay, I've I'm satisfied with the parsing, it doesn't really, like... I don't really want to spend too much time on it anymore, but I still want to play this game at a really high level, then what's harder than optimizing your own damage is optimizing the damage of eight people at the same time. Like, It's just a strictly harder task. And um, it's also, there's actually, um, all right, opinion take. Verse was the best tier ever to speed, and I didn't even do it. Why? Because there was two fights that had really exciting things that if you speed ran the fights, you would skip and uh e 6s s it was actually really important for your pars to skip Conflag entirely because it was a little bit of downtime. And there are plenty of players that got into speeding because they wanted it a good pars because it was in everyone's incentive to actually play that fight as well as you can um to get through it. And sometimes, like parsing will get you into situations like that. um that you uh you actually end up like trying to speed kill just to 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 get your pars and you realize oh speed kill is actually way more fun
0: you know now that i'm starting to think about it we we did when we were talking about how a lot of the speed killing stuff really started to come in probably around creator time right um a lot of fights in creator if you killed it fast you skipped so many difficult mechanics and so on, like, a basic level of people playing the game and wanting to kill things faster, there is a lot of incentive <laughs> to just learn how to be better at it and see how many of those really hard mechanics you could just completely skip. Uh, Not even
5: just that. Um, yeah. It was also skipping mechanics during the fight with good damage because mm. the the boss's mechanics were tied to HP. So if you push the boss uh, like past a certain HP before the mechanic happened, it would completely skip it. When did uh, Servon
0: come out? <laughs> when when did Skip Soar happen? <laughs> wasn't that the same that was time, 3, wasn't it? Three point five, yeah,
6: yeah, yeah. Was... yeah. Uh so, is yeah. they just they just don't do fights like that anymore. Like we don't get Zero HP pushes. Does.
4: Yeah,
6: that's Zero true. Zeromus does. Yeah, we yeah, don't yeah. get savage fights like that anymore. Then, <laughs> right? They 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 really don't tend to put uh, hard mechs at the end.
2: Yeah. Um. Uh, like, actually, 10. actually. I, I just remembered this, um, but this didn't apply to any speed kills. It was just like a really funny thing that I remember is that E7s actually did have the reverse of this. If you did ads really fast, you got extra spam rage lights at the end of the fight. Yeah, it had to have a static. <laughs> yeah, it had to have a static enrage time. So if you like blitzed ads and you blew them up really fast, and then somehow you still got to enrage, um, you would get like as many raid-wides as it took to get you to the actual enrage time. And the best part is it would, like, it would cancel a raid-wide to then start its enrage. So you're, like, your healers are actually just, like, malding at the fact that this is like the eighth raid wide in the world we had to hear like how we here? why did everyone die and like bird nato and we're actually at the spot and then they have to deal with eight raid wides back to back just have to heal it up because there's absolutely nothing you have left and the that, boss really. would
6: interrupt its own raid wide cast bar to cast the enrage mm.
2: yeah
5: i kind of want to reiterate before we move on just sure. like i don't want to get lost but like kind of going back to what uh machine said it's like if you're afraid of like, if you if if what we're saying is like scaring you off, you just like you just have to do it. Like yeah, you just get your toes wet, get in. The, like I feel like the things we say are like very intimidating to like your average player who might want to get in this be killing it might mm-hmm. like scare them off. But like you're not going to like be the best your first year doing it. Your second year doing it. Like you don't get into Ward Prague doing mm-hmm. it your first time, right? Like or right. doing anything like super serious. I, like you just I have to they, slowly approach it.
3: The issue is that, like, there's not a lot of groups recruiting, and yeah. I always hear people say, like, oh, how do I get into speedrunning? How do I find a group? And it's like, you're, you're going to have to be really lucky to just get into a group that already exists, because the com- community is just not very big. And, I mean, my advice to that is, like, just make your own group. Yeah. I mean, it fucking sucks to make your own group to be the leader sometimes, mm-hmm. but like, if you really want to do it, I that is, like, the best way.
6: You only need need eight people with, like, I I say that, like, only, like, it's easy, but you only need eight people with the same goal of trying to kill the boss fast. Like, if you can find that, and if you can make that happen, if you can lead your own group just to find that group of eight, then that's all you need, and you you can get rolling.
0: Hey, everyone. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you don't mind, just give me a few minutes to interrupt it for a company that is sponsoring the podcast. Fortunately, their product is pretty awesome and tasty. Thank you, SocorroCo and Tokyo Treat, for sponsoring us yet again another month here in December. If you guys are unfamiliar with them, please give me a moment to tell you what they're about. Tokyo Treat is a monthly Japanese snack box that focuses on snacks that are limited edition, or seasonal flavors. Things like Sakura Pepsi and Japanese Sake Kit Kats. It also has things like ramen and little drinks that they'll put in there as well for you, and much, much more. Socorico snack boxes are more focused on supporting local Japanese snack makers that make traditional and artisan snacks. They'll also come with Japanese teas and tableware. And now that we're in the biggest holiday month of the year, let's go ahead and see what kind of gifts they have for us this December. For Tokyo Treat, the theme is actually going to be Christmas. In Japan, couples and friends use this as an excuse to get together and enjoy each other's company and enjoy some really good food. So, in line with that theme, they are going to have holiday treats such as the Christmas Kokutu Donuts and the Strawberry Chocolate Cake Kit Kats. Of course, instead of just talking about all the treats, let's go ahead and try one of them here for you. I, of course, want to try the donut. All right, let me go ahead and grab it off over here. These are festive. It has a little uh, bear on it here. I had to focus, uh, try to get a little bit better, but it's, it's all right. Uh,
4: and let's go ahead and just uh, open it up here. Ooh, it does smell like cinnamon. <laughs> so, all right, let's go ahead and try it out. Mm, all right, yeah.
0: This tastes like really earthy but sweet Uh, but again like with all these snacks they never feel like they're overbearing but yeah i'm i mean you sorry not saving that for anybody but it's really good it's extremely good highly recommend and from the booklet here that we have we have a good description of it uh have a holly jolly holiday with this rich and scrumptious christmas donut it's uniquely sweet and earthy flavor comes with Okinawa uh, brown sugar, So brown sugar. All right, now let's see what Sikoriko has in store for us this month as well. The theme for their snacks is actually focused on the northern region of Japan, Hokkaido. Imagine a snow-covered and peaceful place where you could enjoy Hokkaido butter cookies and a milk mochi. Now, of course, I'm a huge fan of mochi, so that is going to be what I try from this box. Give me just a second and let me pull one out. Uh again give you a quick little preview. You can see it. See yeah, how well the camera can catch that. Packaging looks really premium. Uh I, I'm absolutely into it. It's not exactly what I expected with mochi though. Uh, usually I expect the little balls, but I guess maybe uh I I just don't understand mochi as well as I thought I did. Pull that out. Okay, looks like it comes in this wrapping here. Before I eat it, I believe I, ha- I remember having a treat with this kind of wrapping before. And this part's not the edible part, but this clear part is the edible part. Oh my gosh, it is so soft. Hold on, let me take a look at it. let me try to go back a little bit so you can get a better view here, since the focus is all the way out here. And yeah, it just this is this is very very soft. You need this wrapping.
4: And you know what? Just. Right, right, right. Oh my god, (laughs) this
0: is really good and so again I'm used to mochi being in the balls and everything but this is in like kind of a bar and it tastes just exactly like you'd expect mochi would the paper tastes really good too funny enough but the the wrapping that is uh but yeah oh I can definitely taste the milk in there this is probably one of my favorite treats I've had so far You guys should definitely should try it out if you get a chance to Mmm Now of course it also comes with an awesome dish with it It's a box it comes in, so I haven't even opened it up, I haven't even looked at it yet Uh, so give me just a second to uh, pop it open And yeah, no, this is uh, this is actually really, really awesome You can take a look at it yourself here Go back just a little bit And this is a great dish for, you know, putting little snacks on or whatever you'd like. It's actually, I believe, microwave safe as well. Uh, If the booklet is right, give me just a second. Yes, it is microwave and dishwasher safe. Now, you know, guys, don't have to just watch me enjoy the treats. If you want them yourself, of course, you can order these boxes and get them every single month. With that all being said, of course, I want to thank everybody for giving me a moment of your time. To watch me eat these treats and of course hear about what Tokyo Treat and Socorro has to offer. They are both awesome services and they would be great gifts to a family member or a friend if you're still looking for something in this holiday season. Japanese snacks delivered straight to your door from Japan while supporting the things that we do here with the podcast and the world race. Use the MogTalk link and get five dollars off your first box using the MogTalk code. We'll put that in the description so you can get to it very easily and that will help support the channel. again thank you tokyo treat and socorico for sponsoring us again this month everybody continue to enjoy the show so how Uh, do you find like eight people or let's just say seven other people who all want to be like really good at speed kills and everything but they're starting fresh
3: i mean at least for me, like when I got into it, it was like more like networking, and I did a lot of parsing, and I met people in various like parsing communities and Discords, and eventually got to the point where I had enough of a network to just like DM people and mm-hmm. ideally get seven people together to form my own first speed group.
1: Mm-hmm. I think parsing is really the way to get into it. Uh, there's a lot in common, not just in getting better at doing your rotation, but being able to play really long hours. Uh, and focus, being able to understand what consistency is meaningfully and how to make decisions that lead to a consistent outcome, uh, mm-hmm. et cetera. The, the biggest differences come in cases of like, well, you don't sandbag in speeds. But that's like what one person does. It, the, the skills involved are very similar, other than that. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I, this is actually kind of a conflict, if you ask me. Because like I know some people who like love speed running in other games, and the idea of speeding really appeals to them. But the idea of parsing really doesn't appeal to them and i really i don't think there's any way to resolve that to skip over the optimizational step.
2: i mean yeah in theory someone can but also like parsing it's like though actually one of the few ways to build up a resume in a way yeah. for for speeding because like you know if if you if sorry to be this person right but if someone like say we post out a thing and then someone applies and they have like blue and green logs and they only re-cleared the whole tier, and I have no evidence of them actually, like, even doing, like, not even, like, getting a good parse, but showing, like, a decent rotational run. hmm I, I... I
5: mean, I'm sure. I, not, I feel like the topic's, like, it's not even relevant, right? Because, like, I feel like if they're green parser, they're not going to apply to a call group.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, like, parsing is kind of the way to both... Build those skills but also prove that you do have like solid rotational fundamentals. Mm-hmm. And like you don't actually need to have the best parses, especially in the current thing where like, you know, plenty of fights need sandbags. Like if you just like have like oranges from your re clears that show that you did really solid rotations um and you didn't drift your buff and stuff like that, like that's that's plenty you'll you'll get those parses and um I guess like to kind of sum it up is that parsing is just a great way though to to really build a resume and, and also to like network a little bit um to then get into these speed groups.
0: I mean it almost feels like this is like the the highest tier of effort of being good at the game, right? Uh even more than I would say even like the world race in particular. Uh because it's a different set of skills you need to really it's know for the skill, world. It's a different right. set of skills, yeah. yeah. There are different I
6: mean, metrics in terms of, like, being good at the game.
0: Right. Because that takes a lot of puzzling and figuring out stuff and finding solutions and uh, being consistent enough to do the mechanics and execute past the barriers Square Enix gave you. But you guys are going past the barriers, and you're burning as hard as you can to the bleeding edge of, like, what you need to do. And I feel like that is literally the top of, like, optimization and effort into... Uh, you know, or at least the most effort you could put into PVE right now.
5: Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's uh, there's a lot that goes on kind of scenes.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't I just, ever claim that speeds is harder than like week one. Yeah, but the only yeah. thing is that you can only do week one and week one. So, uh, like speeds right. is harder than week one prog for most of the time because you can't even do week one prog. I mean, yeah. a
1: lot of the hardest part of speeds is a logistical challenge. Like we've ran so many hours, like a groups do yeah. twenty, thirty hours a week. For four to five months, that's a much bigger time investment, uh and that's the biggest barrier to entry. Uh,
4: mm-hmm. like, I, I think
1: it's surely the highest. I, the, end. Good at the game I don't even think
5: time is like even super important after like running as much as we did, because like we we quite literally got like our best times within like a couple pulls of getting like the fight on farm, and then we just tried farming for a better time. And every time we would get a better time, we would just play like dog shit, or we would. mess up a mechanic and we die so it's like if you like a team that's running like nine hours a week could quite literally like pull similar results to what we did this tier but like run it like a uh uh, pretty normal i guess (laughs) time frame it's like
2: the time traveler argument where if we went back in time and did the tier over oh my god it would be so much we would yeah there's still
6: there's still a base level of time that you have to invest though that is a lot more than most people put into this game
5: yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I think you're I mean, your average static runs like nine hours a week. I mean, that's the same. Like if you made a speed static that ran nine hours a week. That's
6: an and... instance, though. A lot of those groups won't prep nearly as much as a speed
5: group. Yeah, would. yeah. No, of course. Like you, you yeah. obviously have to spend time out of the instance. But like if you just do that, you work on your rotations out of the instance, you go in run nine hours a week. I mean, that's I feel like that's pretty easy barrier to entry.
1: I don't know. I mean. I think that you can get into it on a base level that I I can't see us possibly getting the results we had even with every plan fully made running nine hours a week because... Uh, I don't uh, think it would happen. Well, Well,
0: No, it's not possible. The the thing is, like, it may not get you, like, the top kill, but it would give you the entry into speed kills where you need to vote go and you'll be more familiar with the community most likely as well, right? So it's like that next stepping stone isn't as high of an investment as what the top number one team is probably doing at the moment. But you can start working towards it. back
2: from the void what (laughs) saving the 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 podcast and and making it so inclusive
4: (laughs) well well, i mean i think think well okay
5: to be fair if one team i'm pretty sure like the jp teams that like ran one fight like like eccentric i'm pretty sure they only ran a handful of hours they didn't run like crazy hours like we did like if you isolate yourself for like one or two or maybe three fights depending on like how good you are Mm -hmm. and you run nine hours a week i'm 100 percent guarantee you could beat like like, you could be RNG Factor, you could be Sleepo, you could be Kinder. like, there's nothing holding you back from, like, limiting your fights, but, like, just focusing on those.
0: I mean, and it would it do is. tons for you, just being better at the game, and even if you want to start maybe even getting into the world race or doing other things that are competitive PvE with, that exists currently within the game, it'd be good for you. Yeah. Without putting the 40 hours within a week, right?
7: Yeah, it's just, and, uh, it's just how you, you isolate your time. Out, yeah. speaking of uh, entry into speeds i I think odd patches are a a good way to start uh, speeding oh yeah you have all these top logs from teams that wouldn't ordinarily be there in in the even patch all like the secrets are out there look at the Mm -hmm. logs copy the comp uh try to get your uh, time just like those logs did that's a pretty good way to learn
8: yeah
0: i mean you just kind of recreate the success to see if you can at least even just execute it with it being spelled out in front of you right that's kind of the goal is to act, like if you're doing a fight and you have a guide that's all you're trying to do is do that but if you're trying to do week one you need a little bit more than just a, <laughs>
2: a guide uh be able to do fights with already mapped out guides but yeah i think yeah odd patch speeds is something that i think a lot of us here have actually done to like practice and build up and i remember doing that in promise and like learning what other teams did and i mean personally just like for people who are listening here and like in a group that wants to do maybe get into speeds like now is the perfect time to get into it um but you can even like take a look at the logs of the teams that are in this thing and just like hey you can dm us and ask like if you have like a very thought out question of something specific that you don't understand like feel free to like dm us and ask and in odd patch, we don't have any incentive to, like, not answer. Like, mm-hmm. everything's out there. The log's just totally public. We can't change it anymore, so we may as well just tell you everything we can. Yeah. yeah every,
8: every top player that I've ever known. Um, uh, given that You know, it's not like something that they're trying to keep secret or whatever. Uh, Every top player that I've known has always been very, very open to uh, DMs or just general communication regarding, you know, how they do certain things, what they do, what they think about, all that. Um, I know they're perfectly happy, and I know myself, I'm perfectly happy to give advice to anyone who asks.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're so invested in it, uh, of course, you're going to love to talk about it. When you get a chance, like, who else are you going to be able to talk about these things to? right? Uh, so I i think that's a good recommendation, it's just telling people unless if you guys are just super egotistical and you don't care about people.
5: I mean we want the we want the speed scene to grow. Like that's the biggest yeah. want. Like a there's like a thing called RNG Academy, which is like that's like the purpose of it, is like to help grow the speed community.
1: Mm. Yeah. Uh that's something, uh, RNG Academy. It was some baby academy teams that uh jackal apollo and i working on and some people who aren't on the podcast as well some of our teammates uh jacqueline and merce have helped out Uh, and what we're doing is we're just taking uh beginner players well not beginner players beginner speed players who have a lot of parsing experience and helping them make the next step so talking about how do you set goals on a specific time frame what are different jobs good at not good at uh what kind of lb should you go for how do you execute that and playing with them for a little bit hoping to teach them some stuff and mm-hmm. the idea is, if we're able to do this at least this time, so we're introducing like fifteen new players, and if we do it a second time with another fifteen, ideally there's enough people there who actually care to stick around and keep speeding in seven point zero plus.
2: It's a very long and drawn out recruitment process where we're actually just, you know, putting them all in the pot, you know, like <laughs> all the poisonous animals, seeing which one comes out the strongest, and then we take that one. It's actually completely selfish, and we don't do it for. Uh, uh for anyone's good except our own
0: oh that's fair that's fair mile yeah uh you know do you guys have like your 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 base group like sleepo cat and everything else but do you guys have like like your building trying to get more than one sleepo cat maybe in one day maybe have another team do a couple teams to just be like a sort of like a competitive pve organization in a way to where you have a couple of groups running instead of just a couple or just like the one
6: like an a, a team and B
5: team.
0: That's
2: yeah. a very vague in-
6: musings in that direction, but I don't know if anyone's
2: actually doing so, anything like that. That's a very interesting question. Um, okay. the answer to that is it could work if multiple teams um split off and do different fights. Mainly it's like if a team wants to be a five fight and like like kind of you know even patched team. I think it's just fair for everyone if they just like go off and like work on their own or if they collaborate with their own group Mm. um but if you want to collaborate with another team i think the best way to do it is just like split up and say hey i'll take this fight you take this fight like work together but like kind of divide and conquer it and bounce ideas off but um it really would take out the the you're not competing with that other team And therefore, there's no incentive to actually... You have all the incentives to help them um, if you split up fights. That said, I'm not sure any team's actually done that, unless maybe they figure it out. Yeah, I haven't seen any team that, like, either... uh, um, that have, like, uploaded to the same static, but you can see that in each fight, it's, like, a totally different set of players. I've never actually seen that done. Well, I mean, you could just do recruitment farm stuff, right? You just have, like,
0: a... FC or whatever and you're just inviting people who are interested in doing it and you have the top group that's the best performing and another group and then they can move up depending on how good they do or perform and stuff like that.
5: I remember there was like jokes about making like a super NA team with like Kindred um but I think the issue too is something like an a A team and B team is like the second that somebody doesn't want to do something it like doesn't work, right? Like if you want to make like two separate teams that do one, one team does two fights, the other team does three. Okay, what mm-hmm. happens when, like, one person wants to be on the three-fight team? Or what if one person wants to be, like, doing five fights or more than, like, the other three? Someone two, wanted like...
6: to do two fights that are in two separate groups.
5: And... Yeah, it's, like, it it is it so much friction or potential friction.
4: Yeah.
5: And it's already hard trying to find, like, eight people that want to be <laughs> Like, at, like, the level, like, that we want from people mm-hmm. or someone. And it's, like, trying to make, like, six teams, it's, like...
0: yeah uh sort of a related question is have you guys had the experience of going from one group to another group like one member joins in another group is there like this awkward learning period where you just all have to kind of jive together in the right way and it takes you guys a little bit to just like get used to each other or is it pretty much just you jump into the group you do exactly what you would be doing anyways
2: uh it's a good question um I back in Promise, I was in like multiple different groups and it at the same time actually. And uh there's definitely a different vibe in between each team, and I do think that's important. That's part of also like why recruitment is rough, is because you do have to spend time with the player, and you're gonna be spending a lot of time with that player over the course of your speed season, um, if you're doing especially even patch. And yeah. it's like a lot of times you really need to make sure that vibes work out with that player. Um, it it this is, I think, like recruitment, so kind of a segue, but i I did a polling for like making a speeds competition. And the number one biggest concern that everyone put into the poll when they filled out and like they filled out is like anything else you want to say, they don't know how they're going to find a team recruitment. It was the number one biggest problem that showed up in the poll. um. And, like, how, how am I going to find a group of eight? You know, how can I make sure that the players that I might need to use to fill out my roster are the right players? It's so difficult, which, uh, I mean, it's kind of formed my opinion. It's like the second hardest thing in this game is being a good player, good enough to do speeds. The number one hardest thing about speeds is finding seven other players who are good enough to do speeds and that you can, like, work together with. So, um, yeah
6: i mean the same as any group's recruitment it's just like the pool of players is significantly smaller and then you're also going to spend however many hours with them so you really need to make sure it's right
2: but like also getting back to like how you get in is if you can get through that hurdle of finding like making that group of eight people who worked it well together who are driven to improve then like you're kind of you're really far you've Done the hardest thing in the game basically is building a group of eight people who have the same goal in mind and are willing to go about it. And then all this stuff about like finding out the obscure knowledge is like you will get that on the way. Like we didn't mm. go start this feeds knowing any of this. We had to learn along the way and it's just like every tier we just learn a couple new things and incorporate them into our processes to make uh make ourselves more efficient. It's a journey, but like the hardest part. And if you're able to pull that off, you should be proud of yourself just for being able to do that and getting started, because you've done the hardest thing. You
8: know.
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: go ahead. Go ahead.
8: Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I think that the uh, as we've kind of said but not explicitly uh the biggest thing that is like the most important thing at any level of play um you know all the way down at the casual level to all the way up to where you know we are with warproc teams uh speak kill teams all that sort of thing the biggest thing to find in people is group cohesion you want to be able to jive with the players that you're with you want to enjoy the time that you're spending when you play the game it's just a game you know mm-hmm. um and it's just so important to find seven other people that you enjoy playing with that you are having a good time with and that all share the goals that you're that you're looking for as a group
0: yeah i think that transcends to like literally statics and groups everywhere for no matter what the you know their goals would be just this goal yeah. is so much tighter <laughs> yeah so much and more there's niche. so
6: yeah. the number of players that could potentially fill your group is just much smaller compared
8: to the rest of the community
0: right right um, I feel like, you know, hearing uh your guys' passion and absolute interest in this, um, it's almost sad there's not like more events out to kind of uh cater towards, you know, all the work that you guys do. I mean right now what you are are doing is uh you're killing as fast as you could, you can and it's going up on a leaderboard. Uh and that's that's the, the that's it right now, right? But it it almost feels like there should be some gauntlet runs or things like that to help uh, give you guys a place to actually execute I think
2: all your skills
0: this for that this topic breaches
6: one of the biggest problems in the community for for me personally, mm. and it's something we could talk about a little bit here, which is the fact that speeds only matters on the patch that the content is live, on the even patches, as we've been saying means Mm. that there's a time limit there is an ending point that after that no one really cares about it anymore and that then means that the competition is so fierce and you get people keeping secrets like there a lot of the speeds teams will not stream at all because they don't want to show off strats or new things they've found and that hurts the visibility a lot like people don't even know that speeds goes on a lot of the time sometimes
2: yeah, it's
4: which it's, is a
6: huge it's a problem because that it's such an important competitive advantage to be keeping those secrets that it's like it's an almost an unsolvable problem
2: unfortunately. It kind of yeah, no that that's that's fundamentally it is that because so a lot of the teams and just like as the thought process I'm just going to walk through it is like when the patch ends that's kind of when all the runs lock in and then like we don't want to do odd patch a lot of times because we're tired. Like we can't do this anymore, um, and we like it. There's like almost a lot of these teams almost like that. There's a stopping point because then like they can kind of be relieved that they finished and kind of close it out. But it turns it less to a comp- it turns it to a competition rather than a collaboration. And you, I think the the very jarring thing. That a lot of people who come into this game and they like might speed run other games is that it's very it's much more collaborative. I'm not going to talk about every game because I don't know every single game speedrunning community, but most of them are way more collaborative. Like people are way more willing to share, but because of the fact that there's kind of this time limited competition, um, you a lot of people approach it and like understandably so as um, a competition. Maybe like you know. Maybe like F one racing, where you know uh, some of the secrets of your team do remain hidden. Like you are trying to compete and win, mm-hmm. um, or like League of Legends, you know you're gonna hide your comp picks, like your secret stuff, um, mm-hmm. because you know you you, you do want contet- competitive advantages. Um, so it's it's kind of it's kind of systemic. And like Nari said, I don't know if there's truly a way to fix it. But Odd Patch is probably the place where if you wanted a more collaborative and working and kind of just like doing it for fun to see what you can do, Odd Patch is definitely a better time. And you can also get more help from people in the community during Odd Patch.
6: And it's also worth bringing up that a lot of these teams bring the secrets or have the secrets and do get competitive advantage out of them. But you also don't have to. Like, in Abyssos, Kindred, we we full streamed every everything we did in terms of speeds, and we still did, like, incredibly well. So it's not, like, you get an advantage out of it. A lot of people don't want to do it, but it, you technically don't have to. It's it's the, it's a whole thing. Like, this is probably the key issue in the whole community. Hmm. It mean...
5: also doesn't help that uh, odd patches are, like, very gate-kept in terms of speeds. Also and... true,
6: yeah, people just, like, they'll say, like, it doesn't count, or who cares, but when, like, it's still fun. Yeah.
1: I don't living. I don't I don't I've never heard anyone say odd patch speeds doesn't matter or oh, they don't it's, care. Uh, it's, I feel like okay, <laughs> it's, it's I don't know anyone, anyone like who Heavizorn. actually Yeah, but I don't know anyone who actually does speeds who says that it doesn't matter. Like oh, if someone yeah. came out with a 631 P9 today, like no one sick. here is going to disparage them. Yeah, like yeah. that I don't I don't I don't think that the people who do speeds already and care about speeds disparage odd patch yeah. at all. Uh you I mean, would agree not- with Apollo in that we can't run past 6.4 cuz like we tired. we need a break. Uh but Nothing stops a speed scene from existing today, and I'm hoping that because we have some academy teams out there doing speeds now because I've heard of some other groups who are looking to get started and put up times this patch, that we do see a little bit of an odd patch scene, and I think with a year of break, it's certainly possible
5: I mean, although to be yeah, honest the whole the whole issue is that we don't care or we we don't we don't think that, right, or like the the good players in quotations don't think that, right? but like you have people parroting. Other people's irrelevant opinions, even though they Final don't do the, of uh, community. that. The, yeah, exactly, <laughs> and, and then they form this like weird, uh I guess, gatekeepy aura over like odd patches because it's not just speed either. It's like parses, right? Like I'm, I'm sure you've heard like, oh, this guy is like an odd odd patch uh, parser. You know, it doesn't mean anything, right? It's the same thing for speeds. and It's like people say that, and it's like those people are like, if they are like a good speed killer, they're probably in the minority because like I'm pretty sure everybody. Everybody who's a speed killer right now, like, in the top 10, I would say just wants more competition. Mm, like, it, um, it,
2: it... Yeah. I also I... will say with Odd Patch Speeds, is, like, plenty of... Um, you can kind of, like, judge them on their own merit. I think 6.1, Um, lots of teams, you know, really kind of went back and took another shot at it to really optimize, like, three out of the five fights... Like the even patch times got beat by an odd patch time. I think there were job balance changes, um, so it's not apples to apples. But like I remember looking, there's a because uh, back in 6.0, like 6:30, uh, 6:36 630, uh, was the best time on Hesperus one, and then 6:31. Like nah, job balance isn't gonna take five seconds off. Like they they did better. Like that's. And nobody can take that one away from them, even if it's an odd patch. Like, if anyone says that it's not worth anything, that's crazy. So, I mean, the other factor we're not really talking about too much is ultimates
0: often come out in odd patches too, right? That's true. Yeah, and so... <laughs> yeah. People get busy. <laughs> that kind of derails a lot of it for teams. And so it makes sense that there's a clear-cut point, I guess, there. Uh, but, yeah, I guess the, the what would be neat, in a way... I don't know. I'm just you know, capitalizing off of the community interest, of course. Uh, is once the even patch is over, and it goes rolls over to the odd patch, just like that week after, or next week after, if there's like a speed run event or something that happened right after that, uh, that could uh, that could gain some traction, just so everybody can show off what they do, get rewards, whatever. Uh, maybe that would help a little bit, but.
5: I know FF Logs was looking into something. I know Apollo was also trying to make some bi-weekly or weekly thing as well that yeah, lasted can... for like X amount of time and you get something. But I know FF Logs was like looking into it officially and like was going to give out like, uh, was it they like, like achievements or like some kind of like thing on your profile like an like a award or something with mm-hmm. their like their new site. And then they're like looking into doing like fun stuff like that. I'm not sure if that's ever going to come to like fruition. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a
4: like
5: a fast time or fast manner but mm-hmm. um yeah uh, i think like it's, it's it's really hard right to like do events like that because it's like if you do it it have to be like during an, an odd patch right like i mean yeah but then it's like you have it's just because like the, the, if you do it during an even patch the serious teams are going to probably like not do them unless like it's in their the benefit to to do it But if you do it in an odd patch, then the teams that were doing it in the even patch are going to have the advantage. So it's like, how do you solve that issue? It's hard.
0: I mean, you could just do it at the end of an even patch, and that information just won't be public anywhere, right? Uh, Like what they did and everything. You
5: want to be like, you want to be like, fair, right? I mean, you want to be like as fair as you can get it.
0: Well, as fair as, like, information bit... is, like, important in a way, too, right? Is it fair to withhold information? Isn't that technically fair because they figured it out or whatever else? But
5: I meant more like you want, you don't want the the people doing, like, that kind of event to just be, like, RNG Factory, Sleepo, exception like, these teams. Oh,
0: you're like, right, you're right, right. Like, so... the, the
5: insane teams that, like, run insane hours it just, for doing No one things. can
0: <laughs> make everybody just use debt only and no crit so
1: we we we, we
0: touched
1: on this earlier and i I think that part of uh the solution to this quote-unquote problem if you see it that way is like evaluating every team's work in their own right right because i don't think that if we had an odd patch speeds competition it was quote-unquote unfair that's not necessarily a problem right because if a new team comes out and they get a, a time which is four seconds worse than the rank one time like they absolutely deserve to be applauded for that. It's not like they didn't put in work. It's not like they haven't achieved something. Uh, so I, I think if, as as a community, if we get better at qualitatively evaluating things on their own merits rather than just looking at the rank, I think that's more uh, that's very beneficial to culture and speeds, culture and parsing, etc. cetera. Uh, well, we're talking but about I, I don't like a, an event,
5: <laughs> not like yeah. we're not we're talking about like an event where your time is you get like a week to do X fight with mm-hmm. X comp or like X job and the fastest team is, you know, whoever is the fastest within that period, not, like, yeah. overall.
2: So, I since I'm, like, kind of working on this, uh, I'll just drop info about the competition I'm working on, if it does come to fruition, because I'm still building it out. Other than the whole recruitment prog thing, it's, like, one of the other comments that showed up is, definitely the the whole competitive Asuka, like, they, they really want people who are around to like actually like help mentor them and like kind of guide them not do it for work for them, but like to guide let, uh, them. And also that those competitions might be much better structured if there were already time set that you should aim to beat rather than for you to compete against other teams. Um, I'll say an example, right, of we set up a competition for, say, door bosses tier for Athena, and we spit out three times that we tell the teams, like, hey, you know, um, we'll have a gold time, a silver time, and a bronze time. You're not competing against each other, though. If you have the fastest time, like, that's awesome. Like, that's great. You did good work. But to set those times as kind of things for people to really gate and, like, to to aim for, um, to build their rotations around so that they can aim to beat those times, and also to like, really like, take the challenge that they want, not to compete against others, but to compete for themselves. And, mm. uh, and that's, the, that's one like of the, the suggestions that came out in the poll that I thought really kind of hit as, okay, that makes a lot more sense, versus, hey, um, yeah, you're locked in the pit with RNG Factory. Good luck like (laughs) it's like i I, I like that
6: idea a lot because at its core speedrunning is like it's it's in in other game a single player game it's you playing the game trying to play it faster than you have done in the past there uh is a leaderboard maybe that you're comparing to other people and that's incentive to get better but at its core it's just you getting better than yourself Mm -hmm. repeatedly expand that to ff it's a group of eight trying to do that together but the essence is still there so, if you I, I like that idea of having it less be a a competition to be the fastest and rather just here is a goal. Here's a medal for achieving
2: that goal,
1: yeah. and like, I think that's actually really doable, too. It's yeah. very
2: doable. And it's also like you you can appeal to a much wider range of audiences exactly. Um, like, you know, I, I think I definitely talked to a lot of people because, I mean, when I was actually looking at the fights we might potentially do. It's like, and I just spit out the gold, silver, and bronze time I was like that bronze time's ridiculous. <laughs> like no few could are gonna do that <laughs> but um it's uh it's um it also can help the organizers in a way the way I thought about it is I could set the times to send a message to the teams about how you should play um for example, right uh back to to um to Athena, if for example, the gold time was uh a 6.15. Um, that's actually that, like, that's a rough time for a new team to do. Like, I'm going to be upfront. But it would basically tell the team, hey, you need to learn how to send opener buffs, like, like zero GCD, like zero on the dot buffs, and not drift at all to even have a shot at that. Because if you lose buff duration at the end of the fight, like, you're, you're going to be really in trouble. Um, basically, you can't run a standard opener. You cannot get away with that. Um, and it would tell them very much up front, like what they have to play for and how to spreadsheet around it. A lot of the times, it's like knowing the right kill time to play for. Also, like is is the the tricky part um, of speeds. And it really just breaks a lot of the barrier to entry. Um, and if you set like if you set some times that are less ambitious, like the teams can really just knowingly go, "Hey, I really wanted to get a silver, and I got the silver time, and I'm really happy about that with my group."
0: Awesome, no, I mean, yeah, they could even do that within Final Fantasy 14 officially. You know,
2: I mean, if they really wanted to, oh,
6: they could, and they could just say A'd at A'd the A'd end, it'd be A'd S, S-, S-, S- no A
2: rank, you know. All right, there are things that wow. are not allowed in speeds. Like um, <laughs> I think the, that I think people would do for that if there was like an actual official like okay fair ranking system, like um out of instance buffs, uh. You can buff everyone up out of instance, load in, hope that your SSD processes and gets you into the server fast enough and they have a good enough, like... That's That's, that's kind of like, what I was
5: referencing at the start of the podcast when I said, like, you have fastest and then you have, like, FF logs fastest. Like, technically, if you want fastest, you know, we're talking, like, solo tank, solo healer sometimes. Out of instance buff, like, there's there's things that are banned on FF logs that you can't do in, like, a a, a normal run.
0: Okay, well, let's... And it's let's... like. Let's dig into that a little bit. I mean, like, you guys, this is the community oh. you built. Uh, you all, everyone that's interested in speedrunning has built overall. Um, and so this isn't anything to do with, uh, you know, anything official with oh. Final Fantasy fourteen. This is all you guys kind of saying this is the right way to do it, right? See, and...
6: that's kind of, that's a, that's a, a hot topic oh, as it? well. Yeah, because there have been some times where a decision was made by, like, by the creators of FF F- F- logs, or they pulled the entire community and not the speeds people that cared, and like something that the speeds community didn't want happened. For example, oh,
2: okay. or like what? If,
6: what if there are people like myself, for example, that want to try and do those speeds where you have out of instance buffs and solo healers and that kind of thing? There's no space for us to try that because the only thing that exists is the FF F- logs, and it's yeah. like it's
4: it's like it's, have, it's yeah. kind of a weird
6: thing.
5: You have like non, well, I think out of instance buffs is just straight up blacklisted.
1: Currently, yes.
5: non standard technically, but like nobody cares about non standard because nobody like competes in it.
1: But
0: mm.
5: so it's like, yeah, there's just.
1: I mean, it- I guess what I'd offer is at the end of the day, there's like, there's so few teams and there's so few people who follow speeds. I think I know like one or two players who aren't on a speeds roster who can tell you like even in the ballpark of what speeds results looked like in the past tier. Yeah. Even, like, my best friends, I'm going to spend mm. 600 hours of my life on this over five months, and they're going to have, like, no idea how it turned out.
4: Yeah, uh, exactly. It just is what
1: it is. Uh, but, like, you can't get more people to follow speeds. So this is why I actually don't think things like private logs are an issue, because I don't think it's a good spectator sport the vast majority of the time. I think we could do more to engage the community, but I don't think you're ever going to get a lot of eyes on it. So, like, if someone wants to do non-standard speeds, like, just go go do it. I, I don't I don't see... Uh, I don't think we should spend a lot of time talking about how we should accept that It would just take one roster to do it. Like it's hard Mm. to get eight people, but it's only eight people. I think we could We had
6: one. We had that one a group that did that, Susuru did that and then they got like fucking ostracized.
1: Well, well okay, no, that's, anyone... that's
4: because
2: they broke a rule in FF logs, and then they uploaded it to FF logs. Yeah, like, and I also don't yeah, know anyone fair.
1: who ostracized Susuru. I, I think everyone here would still respect them as some no, of the. Oh, everyone players here
2: the would. Yes,
6: absolutely. Yeah.
2: That but... Ariel Mazov is like, if you t- ask me, my top five players in the game, it's Ariel Mazov, Ariel Mazov, Ariel Mazov, <laughs> Ariel Mazov, Ariel Mazov. That who, person.
4: Who, who?
2: That person <laughs> gets a damage down and rank one logs. I don't know.
5: You mean like you did in P eleven, but we wiped.
4: <laughs> uh,
2: God, it's uh... <laughs> they they got uh, they're like um they were series, series, one of series, series tanks and um, I love them because like they're a gunbreaker. They get a damage down. Yeah, it's it's still the best. They did the SSD strap, but like that they got a rank one log with um a damage down in a uh, door boss of promise. So they did image promise and got a damage down during lions rank one i that that player is like my goat and i love it um seriously i kind of miss hmm.
1: i mean i guess what i'd offer is i don't think speeds is so small that we can talk about what the public perception is but there almost isn't a public perception of speeds. like frosty you're one of the most centralized embedded people in our community you don't, respect don't call, me out. Don't, the call me out don't call me out and I'm going <laughs> to include so many people on this podcast. But I'm sure there's a lot of stuff we're going over that even you didn't know. And that's not a bad thing. That's just the nature of how niche what we're doing is. Uh, yeah. And, like, you could try and expand it more. But I, I, I think there's almost no barrier that we need to feel in terms of community perception or what is accepted outside right. of FFLog's rules. Because there's, like, not that many people who care besides the people in this call, our teams, and then an equally sized group in Japan. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's really small. We can do what we want at the end of the day is how I feel about it. Okay. I think that
5: um... you can do what you want, but it's like there's the, there's the aspect of like competitiveness, too. It's like mm-hmm. sure. It's like once you get to a certain point, it's like. I'm sure like if like, let's say you are in a ranking of like, like yourself, right? Like you're gapping other teams, by like, let's say like, I don't know, 30 seconds is something exaggerated. It's like at that point, it's like, why do you even care to like keep going? Like, you know, like if there's no other team to compete against after a certain point, like after you reach a certain skill level. It's like, what's the point? I mean, that's, but that just means, but it's like,
6: yeah, that just means your incentive is the competition when that's not like that doesn't have to be everyone's incentive. I no, think no, 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 I know, would... but
5: I'm saying like, once you reach a certain skill level, right? Like, there comes a point where it's like, there's like self improvement and then there's like competition.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, I think that the big thing is to be a hardcore group. You kind of need the competitive motivation. People talk a lot about how, well, you don't need to do speeds for this, you don't need to be super hardcore, but I, I don't know almost anyone who wants to do it who isn't competitive on some level. I think of like one person I've played with who's just like thinks it's fun to do LB uh, but to 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 bring yourself into a group like this and to have like the motivation to put in the hours that we do, uh, it it takes that competitive drive. I, I'll believe that there is a non-competitive speeds group when I actually see it form. Because past, like, super casual ones, I, there's not even a lot of mid-core. A lot of them do one fight and get tired.
0: Hmm. Well, I mean, a lot of these groups are just kind of, if they're, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I, I assume they're all doing things like, uh, no healer top <laughs> kills if they're not competitive, right? They're doing things, they're just like, how can I accomplish this? What can I, what can I do with the game? Yeah, how can I Yeah, accomplish- different aspects of the yeah.
5: game that you yeah. definitely can take, like, um, that one. Uh, what's the, what's the, what's the team name?
2: Casual player.
5: Casual player. Yeah, they always do like crazy stuff. Like they were a patches. speeds
2: team. Yeah, they mm-hmm. were a speeds team. I remember them. I think the first time I saw them was uh, they did uh, Oracle. They did um, uh, e twelve part two. Um, and I believe they were the group that tried a double lb three. I mean, yeah, they're they're an interesting group. Um, Mm -hmm. I can't really verify this because I don't have access because it's an archive log. Maybe someone with premium cam, but I remember them as the team that did that. Um, Yeah. Yeah, you know, now that I think
0: about it a little bit more, yeah, you guys would have to kind of be under the the scope of what FFLogs provides because that's where a lot of your competition is visible, right? And that's where all this stuff would be visible in some way.
6: There are some, like... The, some of those accomplishments, like the the No healer Top and stuff, like they get visibility outside of FFlog just because it's a cool accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Or like we like just to use an example from what we and Kindred have done, like we did an uh an oo speed re- like somewhat recently that got some recognizability because the YouTube video was fun to watch, even though we weren't competing against anyone. There was no one else trying to do it. We were just kind of doing it for fun. Mm-hmm. But then it like some people saw it because it was cool to see. That that thing can happen sometimes, but like the the savages, especially when we're doing the on the on patch speeds, yeah. The logs is the main place that gets mm-hmm. like the competition and people see it.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I know Nori, you got like <laughs> ten minutes, fifteen minutes, something like that. Nori, is that right?
6: Yeah, I have a raid after
0: this. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, but I mean, there's a handful of different things we can really dive. We've touched a lot of topics, like indirectly of things that we wanted to talk about uh just naturally through the conversation that's always really awesome um but uh i think we didn't really dive too much into the topic of you know we, we talked a lot about the community and different things and ff logs in this this sense too but there's also the sense of private versus public logging which i i don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> no <laughs> is that that one <laughs>
5: I don't know if it's a topic you want to discuss.
2: Oh, okay, okay. Maybe it's something that I need to avoid. Uh, uh, just, be, we, I reminded everyone before this, but, you know, protect yourselves at all times, follow our instructions, please go back <laughs> to me. <laughs> touch gloves if you want I mean, you to. Can,
5: we can talk about public versus <laughs> private as long as it' <laughs> plural. Uh,
2: you
0: know, I mean, I I don't think anyone on this call would, like, get at each other's throats, right? I mean, I don't...
4: Uh, don't try uh, me.
3: We're uh, <laughs> gonna get get mad at each other. Uh,
6: all I, all I will say is, Kindred is going to speed publicly forever, probably. Okay. And I'll okay. leave it there.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, so it's just really, is that kind of going into the same conversation you had earlier with the like visibility yes. into? Okay. Um. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, uh, that that's perfectly fine. We don't have to jump into it some of you are probably right, some of you are probably wrong, but I guess we'll just never know. (laughs)
2: It's all opinion. I don't don't mind. I'll take the argument. I'm down if you
1: guys
2: are. (laughs) I mean, you can spend your time however you want, and then just have no one ever know about it. (laughs) Oh my
5: god. Just
2: hide it. Just hide it forever.
5: Oh my god. If anything,
2: if anything, we're all, all right, totally off Five fight. <laughs> we, if anything, people, there isn't enough representation of the ultra private. Like they actually don't even ever release any indication that it ever happened. Um, it's Schrodinger's speed team, uh, mm. and like we don't have any, uh, we don't have any representation of that group. And uh, I think that's really sad. Yeah, okay. I mean,
5: the whole thing about public versus private—it kind of goes back to what you even said earlier about like who's even going to remember who's ranked one, who's ranked two. Like if like, I remember in Abyssus, like we were pretty much in the agreement, like, you know, maybe we don't get like first, you know, it, but it's like, we'll still going to, we're going to do our best. We're going to try our best, but it's like, you also have people that I remember when we stopped streaming, like so many people like reached out and were like, you know, what's going on with the stream? You know, I, we used to watch your streams to learn, do these things. And it's like, to me, giving away advantages that we do in instance is like worth that just to teach other people how have other people watch and learn and improve just by watching us right like yep i guess i mean it goes back to like you know sure like you have that competitive aspect of you know for example if we're not streaming or if we're streaming and you know rng factory isn't and let's just say RNG Factory made a poor decision on X Fight and we did X Fight and you see we did X Fight and we did something like really good and you saw that it's like oh well now that you guys can go back and we will never know like that there's like that competitive aspect but it's like sometimes giving it up is like you know who cares in the end right like sure I think we're...
2: so I guess to like maybe dive into detail like first public logs are like a commodity especially to other teams um one thing I guess hopefully everyone does is, like, if you do, like, look, if someone posts something public in Evenpatch, like, almost everyone, like, on the other teams will check and just sanity check some of the details that they get from that if they, like, did something interesting that they can, you know, steal and use in their own. Um, and it, it's actually, like, so helpful because, I mean, you know, even a time that you end up beating, like, has to be, like, 98% correct. like. If you're gapping it by a few seconds, like, you know, uh, they they've done plenty of good work, and you can almost certainly take something to like springboard off, which is also like why a lot of people are are so hesitant to give people that springboard. Um, again, it just comes back to the fact that it was like it's just a structurally competitive environment, um, and. It, it, I think everyone agrees that if you do show a log publicly, like it is just a huge thing that you're you're giving away, and whether you're comfortable with that is a personal decision that your team has to make. I don't yeah,
3: blame people for hiding their logs, though. I mean, I think predicting a kill time is kind of a big deal.
5: Yeah, I don't think there's a right or wrong. It just depends on what your goal is at the end of the
8: day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just depends on whether or not you want that visibility. I'm personally yeah. of the
6: opinion that if you hide all your stuff and you don't get rank one it's like there wasn't much of a point and then yeah the the fact that if you if you show everything I, <laughs> we, we talk about this in kindred sometimes like we do it like because we we also world prog and we do that publicly as well and it's for the cloud we want people to watch mm-hmm. us doing it and that's mm-hmm. why we do it in the first place so
0: in the chairs that's fair. i remember
5: by chair. <laughs> something similar to <laughs> when we discussed private versus public it's like if you don't get rank 1, I mean, it does feel kind of bad to hide all tier. It
2: could be, um, wasn't there like a UCOB group, like, that was progging and did all private, and then they didn't clear it first, and they just disbanded? No, yeah.
5: the, the ward first, if they didn't get ward
2: first, they were going to Oh, uh, Okay, disband. okay. Uh, I, I misremembered the story then. I mean, yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, only a handful of minutes <laughs> left, but the, you know, uh, Yo, not... Where's the city The city Yeah. Where... H-
1: hello, hello, what do you need?
0: Where's your boxing
4: match? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right,
1: I'll advocate all day for private logs. So, private logs, I think, are not only someone's imperative, they can do whatever their group wants, they have no obligation to go public. Uh, I actually would go so far as to say, that most people who advocate for public logs are either one seeking clout or two don't realize the ways that people can improve in this game there's tons of private logs from last year in order to be competitive in speeds you need to obtain critical thinking skills by analyzing those anyways and i'm sure anyone from a competitive group would be happy to kick some half-baked idea over to you that you can use to get a good time i had people ask me this year, what are we doing in speeds and i said well i don't know if i can share what we're doing but i can tell you what you should be doing and i think there's tons of ways to help people that don't oblige people to share their competitive advantages at all Oh,
4: you're
0: right. But in the end, I it's always for clout. I feel like you read clout. that off It's the always, uh,
1: yeah. it's <laughs> yeah, always for clout
2: in we the definitely end. definitely type that out. But, like You definitely had set that up. No, like, no you, way. you had
1: drilled that. <laughs> I mean, I've had this argument so many times, because I'm going to be real. Uh, the I mean, only yeah. time I've ever felt like there was a public perception of speeds is back in 6.2, when people in NA were talking about it. I, like, you'd hear people talk about filthy log hiders, and, like, in NA, I legitimately had people who would insult private loggers not realizing they're talking directly to me. Like, it's ridiculous the things you hear people say about private logs not realizing they're talking about a specific group of 8 to 16 people in North America. And it's, yeah. like, it, it makes it personal immediately, and a lot of people don't realize that. So I actually feel strongly about this thing. Uh, Nari, no, yeah, go. I mean, because I mean, of people the,
6: the one response that I'll that I'll that I'll have to to that is that I want this community to grow, and if we're hiding, I don't think it will.
1: I don't think it's feasible for the community to grow, and I think there's tons of things we can do, even one way. But we're I want
6: it to, and if we don't try.
1: No sure, pocket. but you uh, don't need to change how other people
7: are I feel like your avenue for that is trying proper.
1: Yeah, like and yeah. I'm
7: doing, If you want the speeds teams so to grow, much. there are much bigger problems than I didn't probably, make one, I
1: made two speeds teams to see this scene grow. You can't tell me I don't want it to grow when I'm actually telling people, hey, you should try for 640 MP9. I think that's difficult for you, but aspirational, or hey, you should try for this on that fight. You can help people in so many ways that don't involve giving up the main reason I do this, which is competition.
2: You know, there are rounds to this fight. I do have to send you back to the sides of the cage. <laughs> <after> <laughs> one minute break. All right, all right, all right, all right. No, nah, no, nah, I, I I think um it's it's um I do think Acidia touched on a point that's like really important, and this is how annoying it can be to speed both publicly and privately. It's like you speed privately, but people know about your team. And they're like, Oh, they're just dirty hiding and doing stuff and that is Like, Sleepo kind of has done both at certain points in time. And sometimes public logs, like, people will criticize and scrutinize your log when, you know, you may have, okay, maybe you just been theory crafted right and you've put that work out there. And it's really frustrating when you've basically, like, people say dumb stuff about public logs too. And honestly, I don't think anyone wins until like people just start respecting each other a little bit more.
5: Yeah, I think the the I think there is a lot of toxicity behind private public. Like, I don't think either one's wrong per se. I mean, like you yeah. said, there's times where like Sleepo has gone private because like there's like there I think there's like avenues to like what you may want to hide and may want to show. Like if you're just doing like a standard fight like P nine, you're not doing anything super crazy. Like you don't have anything aircraft super crazy like. I feel like there's really no point in hiding it, so but like we've we've come of like ideas that like are definitely like not of the norm, and we're like, okay, well, this is like too much of an advantage to give away, and we just don't stream that fight and don't make that fight public, so until like we're done word
0: excuse whatever. my ignorance a little bit on this um with because you know I'm a dirty no add on no anything, no everything kind of player right. Uh, I don't even have any way, like, all my logs are uploaded because other people, (laughs) right? Yeah, same. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fair. Uh, But in the end, like, isn't there a way to just say this is verified, the kill has happened within this time without having any details with it? Uh, So you can't really hyperanalyze it? Uh, or does that not really exist? Discussion just,
5: happened before. Discussion it, happened before. It so, was basically the fight kill time gives too much away. Was
0: oh, okay, okay, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. All right. Um, there there could be. Like,
6: we have the competition mode on FF Logs for the, the world race now. But, mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's it, it, the, even what kill times people are getting. Like, if someone gets a kill time that's, like, 10 seconds ahead of what you were projecting, you know you're missing something, and that's I mean, now something they even, told you.
1: Even five seconds ahead, you know you're missing Even five something. seconds is a lot, Re- reach, yeah. Reaching yeah. back to 6.20, and this is actually one of the dangers of public logs, I think, and why uh they need to be taken with a grain of salt like you can really easily get stuck in a local maxima like if you look at 6.20 you'd think the best strat on p5s is to hold by 20 seconds but then if you look at 6.28 you'd see this is like the greatest embarrassment north embarrassment north america's ever suffered and we got beat by like six japanese teams who all buffed at zero seconds instead and like Actually, even seeing that you pushed down to like 33 or 34 it would indicate your entire buff timing is wrong because you're not skipping five seconds or your two minutes there are also a...
2: job changes, so like you—you it, it, you had to, you basically had to rethink how you approach that fight, and yeah, and they made the embarrassing decision of not rethinking it properly. I mean, there are other things that kind of distracted us with that tier smile, but uh, you that know, there's was
5: a really good example of this tier of like private versus public, and that was P10, and that was like heavy comp decision comp base, like yeah, a lot of teams were like like. Like Sleepo had a 750, RNG Factor had a 748, I think, um, and it's like, but like aside from them, the next fastest was like what 804, and then like 808. It was like it not was, even
2: close. There were four teams that broke the eight minute mark, but uh, yeah, uh. It, so but that what was like we noticed, comp
5: decision as well, like they
4: it was all ran a the lot same of comp. comp.
2: It was a lot of comp decision, but also a lot of it was um. I did take a peek at it. It was a lot of heal plan opti uh, that yeah. came into that. Because that fight is rough. That fight is rough. Um, <laughs> rough. It is rough. Uh, Yeah, it <laughs> so. was rough. And it. Um, it's very... This is actually maybe an advice point for new teams. Um, it's very easy to just say fuck the healers and um, make them eat losses that they don't necessarily have to eat. There there are times where you say fuck the healers because it's actually going to be really good for the team or there's a critical amount of safety that um making the healers take a loss um gets you in terms of consistency. But if you look at the differences between the teams that were just like they were basically they didn't even try to heal the raid wide at 801. We would just die. Like we didn't care because we knew we had to we were our average time was going to be way faster than that. And uh, those teams, they were taking way less losses on their healing. And they knew what to aim for. Okay. Um, so that's a team. Uh, that's a, I think, yeah, that's the, the local maxima is a little. Um, I will say, though, when I was working through in like, Planning Hill things, I did look at the public logs. And there were things that were correct, like or not correct, but like were good. Like I thought they were good decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, then, like, we have, to, we have to always try and take our spin and push it forward and do more. Um, that's a. Uh, so that's kind of like the, the. Just the nuance about at least 10S and, like, the public versus, versus private. And just, like, there was kind of a local op, like, Maxima issue on that fight.
1: How, I have an idea. How much guild you guys got?
2: How much? I'll pay? offer. I'll
1: offer twenty million gil per player to any group eight who can beat one of our even even uh, patch times. Anyone want to go up? My with God. me?
5: <laughs> twenty mil.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't have that much. I'll offer twenty mil per player to anyone who beats our oh, even patch time per
5: player. Per, per player? player. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: I'll pay like 160 you're leading a hundred sixty million if someone goes out there and beats one of our times.
5: I don't have much gil. Twenty mil. All right, I'm okay. putting a team together. <laughs> hey, can you but also you, join you the team be... yourself?
1: No, it no, no. Have it to count, be
5: it members that weren't part of Sleepa or RNG.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. As who has already said, I, I would put up twenty mil. I don't know if I know how to match that. I don't
5: know if I can match I it. I don't have forty mil. <laughs> twenty mil per player is a lot. That's yeah,
4: honestly, lot. I would.
2: I, I think this this offer makes sense if you post your guild and like it would actually bring bankrupt you into like financial servitude. Uh, <laughs> I think that makes it worth. <laughs> A CEO. Oh, okay. No, yeah, no, not an Exception. No exceptional.
3: Exception. I see, yeah, if, if
1: exception's gonna beat you. It anyone? has to be a
5: new player, new players.
1: Okay, New. Aww. Okay. if a new team, or like a team of had Mediocramp new um, characters. Passionate. I mean, I'll no, put out no. 10 million for anyone who can beat one of our Academy teams. Shout out Academy teams, by the way. What the Tuna, running Door Boss, moving on to P9, and I skipped the Blood reppin' running P10S, and moving on into an unknown future. Anyone beats either of those teams will pay you ten million in per player. Uh, I'll, put I'll put twenty
5: I'll also put twenty mil. Make it forty mil. Forty mil okay. per player.
1: What? Th- All
0: right.
2: I I feel like this offers a good way to start wrapping up the show. <laughs> just, yeah, I feel like this was timed. CDIA yeah. came into this way too prepared. Like they had a spreadsheet ready <laughs> for this talk. Yeah. Okay.
0: Alright. Alright. So that's been a, that's officially there. Uh make sure they can find a way to contact you to get it i'm pretty sure i can figure it out <laughs> uh, but uh you know nara you're about to just run i'm pretty sure uh but uh do, are we okay going ahead and closing up right now do you yeah, guys are yeah, we're good, good. We're good. We're good. Right, everybody else do you feel like we've we <laughs> talked about a good about like we're okay at a good i don't spot? even know what we talked about anymore I'm not all right you guys
7: better be sending me applications to my team soon
0: okay because this has been a fun talk i mean it's been two hours like it's weird (laughs) because it doesn't feel like two hours yeah it's been a a really strong two hours i had a lot of fun learning a lot more about the scene and everything else because this is not something that i have personally been as heavily invested in um even you know i do a lot of stuff with the world race and everything else speed runs uh i don't spend as much time in and so this is really educational for me uh in particular i hope other people learn a little bit and aren't still as overwhelmed as I was at the very beginning of the episode <laughs> that I, I came to I think I came to a little bit um but yeah uh I guess we could go ahead and start wrapping up here let everybody kind of get back to where they were and hopefully the people listening to this only have to listen to two hours instead of the 10 hours we could probably go um but with that being said I guess do you guys want to start saying your last words and you know if people want to find you where they could find you uh, does that seem like a good idea?
4: Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Nari, you want to start since you're you're gonna. <laughs>
6: <laughs> sure. Uh, okay. Nari on um, Twitter and Twitch is Nari underscore bird. I stream almost everything I do. There's a couple things that I don't, but like every, especially every time Kindred's running, I'm streaming. So, good stuff. Trans rights. Okay.
4: Okay.
0: Uh, then I guess we can go in order now. Cydia.
1: Hello, hello. You can find me, Asetia underscore Fi on Twitter, or Asetia on Discord. I basically don't do anything but retweet anime girls and occasionally tweet about speeds or esports. But uh, happy to talk to anyone who's more interested in finding out more about speeds. I'd also like to thank everyone. Thank Momo for putting us together and the invite Frosty for producing everything. It's kind of a dream to be here uh, with you guys today. I started playing in Promise, and I was immediately interested in optimization and speeds. So literally, in promise, I looked at all your guys' speed logs, and to be here talking and meeting with you all, actually, uh, I, I wouldn't believe this would happen. So it's it's a dream. Thank yeah. you for the invite.
0: Paolo, good luck on following that up.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> I might actually just like skip and move to the end to kind of let it <laughs> cool down. But yeah, again, thank you, everyone, for being here. Uh, uh, you can contact me on Discord, uh, paolo.mon.mottlebird. Um, Mm. And uh, yeah, honestly, kind of same with Zidia. Like, it's it's so cool to actually be able to chat here. Okay, All right. Jackal.
3: Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you can just contact me on Twitter or Discord, for uh, Cackle Jackal. Um, I mean, I do a lot of Omni Melee stuff, and I really like optimization and simulations and spreadsheets. So, if any, anyone anyone has any questions, I'm always happy to help.
4: All
5: right, Momo. Uh, you can <laughs> find me at Momo on most social media, and uh, yeah, thank you guys for coming on. It was a fun show.
7: All
4: right,
7: Nishin? Uh, Nishan signing off here. You can contact me on Discord, <laughs> Nishin, Uh, I like talking about melees. You can also find my bots up uh, our RNG Factory clears on YouTube. Uh, And thank you. It's been a blast. Yeah, yeah.
8: And Sura? Uh, Hey, you can find me at Sura Crescens on Discord and on Twitter. uh, And you can find me streaming pretty often, uh, just kind of random things at the moment, uh, at twitch.tv slash I don't really have much else to say. I really appreciate being here. Thanks.
0: Oh yeah. It's been just so you guys know, it's been amazing having this and thank you of course Momo it did a lot of heavy lifting with getting everyone together. It just in case anyone's curious how the show actually happened, Momo just was like, "Hey dude, <laughs> let's do a show on speed kills." I was like, "All right." And uh we went from there. Momo had all the the right picks for everybody to get everything together, so a lot of this goes on to Momo's shoulders uh for being uh, awesome and getting everyone together. Or something and obviously he's very uh, passionate about so yeah. <laughs> Chat out the momo uh but you guys it was awesome meeting everyone i haven't met yet here on the show it's awesome talking to some of you who i have talked to before again here on the show uh this has been a lot of fun uh i every time i get a show and everyone's like clearly passionate about the topic <laughs> it the it just easily flies by uh and this could have been gone on for hours and hours and hours and hours uh but we'll cut it short uh it feels short but it's not really short uh for now and uh thank you everybody for watching the show and thank you for everybody putting up with the ads yeah guys it's twitch dude uh Talk has to get money somehow to be able to do things (laughs) like the events that we put on and everything else so thank you everybody for that thank you everybody who subbed to avoid the ads Uh, Thank you everybody who is uh, just watching to watch. I'll get this up on YouTube as soon as I can. I'll get all the socials from everybody here on the show and throw them into the YouTube video as well. To make it a lot easier uh, to contact everyone here if you would like to do so. Uh, With that all being said, I am going to be back on this stream tomorrow. We have clear top. (laughs) We are done with it. Uh, In the sense of frogging it. But uh, the group wants to at least try for a re-clear, <laughs> so we will be doing that tomorrow night.
5: Some congrats it. again! I Thanks. was watching.
0: That yeah, the, the the headset that I threw is on my head right now. It's still working. If you guys want a good <laughs> headset, exclamation Corsair, it's, it'll it'll survive a clear of Omega. Yeah, this
5: whole uh, whole stream is just hashtag ad.
0: Yeah, hashtag ad. That's all it is, guys. Hashtag ad, dudes uh but yeah guys thank you so much for watching and uh until next time be good stay cool whatever fucking be frosty you know i think uh guys i'll say bye (laughs) say bye. bye bye